get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, saver retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is the Ribs and BK podcast on 101 ESPN. We are back, baby. We are back. Swing and a high fly ball. Well struck out towards left center field. That one back there on its way. Gone. Absolutely crushed by John Carlos Stanton out to left center. We're back. 2-2 is hit in the air right field. Pretty well struck. Going back is Judge and that one is gone. Adam Eaton will touch them all. We are back. That's on 2-1. and one. Finds a base hit into left field. But Mookie is aboard. His first hit is a Dodger. Single to left. That's we right. are back. No better way to kick off opening day than with a little montage of opening night last night. Welcome in, everybody, to the Budweiser Brewhouse at Ballpark Village, along with Cardinals broadcaster Dan McLaughlin. I'm Alex Ferrario, sitting in for Ribs and BK today, who... Dan, I don't know, but I guess they decided vacation was more important than opening day. Well, I'm not going to take a shot at those guys. It's all right. Everybody deserves a vacation. It's all good, but uh, we get to enjoy the sunshine here in downtown St. Louis and get ready for what everybody has been excited about, the return of sports and uh, the return of a baseball season. Cautiously optimistic. Um, We've gotten to this point, and, you know, you think about it, Alex, the, the summer camp seemed to have a rhythm to it and uh, the players adhere to the, the the policies the rules the regulations and here we are uh, with an opening night in St. Louis truly unlike any other it was a different feeling last night Dan and I'm sure you had this feeling as well sitting at home watching those two games on television just seeing the sights and sounds of baseball being back and you know a lot of people have talked about what it sounds like to have that crowd noise put into the game broadcast and the empty seats but there was a different feeling of being able to hear the crack of the bat or the pitch from Max Scherzer as he grunting, throwing from the mound. That was a feeling that we've been waiting three months for, and it felt so good. It did. Um, you know, a lot of people have asked me what it what it's like, and I was doing the, the streaming games down here, and uh, the first game we did had no crowd noise. Right. Um, and I, I was telling people, I, I said, I, I think you need to have crowd noise, you know, piped in. I, I think you need to have something... Um, other than hearing, because you're going to hear the, the popping of the glove, right. and you're going to hear Max grunting, and you're going <laughs> to hear the, the crack of the bat. Um, I really felt it was important, though, that you did have some semblance of what it would sound like with a fake crowd. I, I do think you have to have that. On the telecast, the parabolic mics that are down on the field picked that up, and we had our exhibition game the other day, and I watched the rebroadcast. I thought it sounded fine. Um because I do think it would get a little stale. Uh, also, as the competitive nature of the game, 
you're going to hear Yachty and his spikes digging into the dirt. So if he's moving behind the plate, he's giving away location. Right. Um, and let's face it, guys are going to get frustrated. You're going to hear curse words. I think <laughs> as much as you can try to hide those, even if there's a crowd of 40,000, you might pick up those words. Um, I, I think you wanted those to be eliminated if you can try to. I don't know if we would be able to, but, right. you know, you wanted those to be eliminated if, if at all possible. So it's it's not ideal. It's it's unique, but it's baseball. It's still Yachty. It's still Wong. It's still DeYoung. It's still the Pittsburgh Pirates coming in. And you know what? It's a diversion. It's something <laughs> that you're going to get for three or four hours. So take it in. Enjoy it. Have fun with it. And that's my approach. I'm very positive by nature, and uh, I'm looking forward to it. I think it's going to be a lot of fun for fans to to take in and, and watch a ball game, which is something I'm I'm excited about. The word unique that you just said, Dan, is what stuck out to me because I was thinking about this last night watching the Yankees and the Nationals game, thinking about the road that it took to get to this point oh, man. of the back-and-forth conversations of, of course, the pandemic that hits and baseball being canceled while teams are in spring training, and then thinking of the amped-up conversations of baseball and MLBPA trying to negotiate a deal – but all of that getting to this point and finding a way to put together 60 games and now an expanded postseason position, I think the uniqueness is something that's not only good for baseball, but it's good for all sports right now to maybe put that different level of appreciation for them, a different level of appreciation for baseball when you've had it gone for three months or hockey with 24 teams in the playoffs. It's going to fly by. I, I know speaking of, of baseball and having done you know, a number of seasons, 162 games plus spring training plus uh, postseason baseball, um, that's a long time. Yeah. You know, it's, it's a long, long season when you talk about Major League Baseball. It's month after month after month after month and it's like a book, and you got all these different chapters that go into a season. A guy gets hurt, teams go on losing streaks, and they go on winning streaks, and there's the ebbs and flows. And, you know, when it, when you have 60 games, man, it flies by. I mean, 30 days from now is going to seem like nothing. Right. Nothing. Um, and that's what makes this really fun. And to borrow what I said and then you said, it's unique. So when, when you have 30 games, everybody is in a pennant race. So the Kansas City Royals were here the other day, and they had 100 losses plus a season ago. And if they go on a little run, which teams do in baseball, even poor teams, um, you're in the race. You know, you win seven in a row. That's like winning 21 in a row, you know, potentially, because yeah. every win is three. So uh, that that. That's kind of fun for me. I, I think that that's what makes this like every team is in it. And when you have 16 teams now, which is something I pointed out way back when, when the PA and the and the owners were, were going back and forth and how to get the, the financials in order, and there was the talk of a 16-team postseason, I was like, let's do it. Yeah. I, I think that's extremely uh, beneficial for the sport um, because now everybody really has a shot. Um, after 30 days, you may only have three or four teams that are out of it. So you go into the final month of the season, and you got half your teams that have a chance to be in a postseason play. And because you go on a seven-game winning streak, you're right back into the race. And that's that, to me, makes this really fun. So for your fan base, um, you, you think, like, well, man, we're out of it. No, you're not. Nope. You yep. just go on a little run. You're, you're right back in it. And one team has a bad week, and they're dropping back to the pack, and you go on a race. Are you going to run in this race? You're right back in it. 
Um, so you're paying attention. Your, your fans are engaged, and that's what you wanted. You wanted to make this fun. And I've always said from the beginning, I've used this term a bunch. It's a blank canvas uh, with the rules and now postseason play. Um, enjoy it. You know, it's an outlier of a season. Just have fun with it. Throw everything out the window and enjoy it. And and I think that's how you have to approach this season. And I think the Cardinals are in a great position to make this fun because their pitching is really good. We're going to see that, that teams do not have the depth of the Cardinals. So if Jack Flaherty tonight goes five innings and he pitches well and they roll out Austin Gomber and they have a lead and they dominate the game with pitching, boom, there's win number one. And now you're off to Adam Wainwright tomorrow. And they've got Daniel Ponce de Leon ready to pack him up potentially. And then you need a safe situation, boom, there's KK. I mean, they, they've got this thing set up to where they can win with their pitching where other teams just don't have that depth and if the Cardinals do not have the offense that maybe they hope, but they're going to get into some secondary pitching that is not as good as the Cardinals, that's where they're going to separate themselves. So I think it's uh, it's got a chance to be a lot of fun, and uh, I'm looking forward to it. And speaking of that roster, Dan, the Cardinals did announce that yesterday. 29 names on that roster, 30 or uh, the total that teams can have. So there's expected to be another move today. But your initial thoughts when you see that roster, I don't really know if there was any major surprises. I mean, maybe Cody Whitley pops out at you, but listening to your broadcast and watching it throughout a couple of these summer camp games and exhibition games, he was dealing from the mound, and he was very impressive. So I don't really know if there was any surprises from that roster. I, I wasn't surprised with Whitley. I was surprised that they didn't go to 16 with their pitching. Yeah. I, I, you know, they could have gone 16 or 17 um, because you got a 30-man roster. You know, I, I guess Oviedo would have been maybe a surprise if he would have been added, but they, they're not going to start his clock yet. I'm not surprised by Dylan Carlson. I think that yeah. reading the tea leaves, that was not going to happen. They're, they're going to give uh, Tyler O'Neill a crack at it. They're going to give Bader a chance to earn a spot and continue to do what he was doing in center field, and Lane Thomas is going to get a shot. So those, those weren't surprises to me. Um, the fact that they went with fewer pitchers than I expected. Now, they may add Gallegos before it's all said and done, before the first pitch tonight. Um, so Austin Dean is one that, you know, earned his way onto this roster. And Edmundo Soso is a very good slick fielding uh, middle infielder, can play all over the, the, the infield. Really good defensive player, like above average major league defensive player. And his bat has carried him to this point. He played winter ball, added some pop to the bat, had a really good spring that showed up in the summer camp. So he earned his way onto this roster. And, uh, you know, to, again, I, I thought they may go with 16. They haven't done that. So they're set to go. And away we go tonight. Away we go tonight. We're yeah. looking forward to We're going to have the broadcasters that will be calling the game from 12 to 2 today. Dan McLaughlin and Brad Thompson. B BT will be joining us at about 12 o'clock. But Danny Mack is here until 2 with me. I'm Alex Ferrario. We're sitting in for Ribs and BK today. we got Tanner Hendrickson back at the studio taking care of us as well. We were supposed to have Jordan Bennington this morning at 11.15, but they moved up their practice time because the Blues are amping up to head out. And I did want to get into a little Blues conversation with Danny Mack before we dive deeper into the Cardinals stuff here on opening day. So we'll do that next here on Ribs and BK on 101 ESPN. We're back to the Ribs and BK podcast on 101 ESPN. Palmer, for me, um, looking, you know, in the future, like there's a, there's a good possibility, you know, you could be, you could see a star one day. Uh, he has the ability to be a star. 
Now, whether he gets there or not, that's that's a lot has to do with him and certain things that go into it. But he definitely has the brains and the ability to be one. As Blues head coach Craig Berube from last week on Ribs and BK talking with Jamie Rivers and Brandon Kiley. I'm Alex Ferrario along with Cardinals broadcaster Dan McLaughlin who is on the call tonight. It is opening night here at Bush Stadium as the Cardinals and Pirates will be going head-to-head at 7.15. But I did want to get into a Blues topic with you, Dan, because we've talked about this in the past, and I know you've interviewed Chris Pronger, and you've done pre- and post-games intermissions for Blues hockey. But I feel like right now we aren't talking as much about how big this Blues opportunity is right now going into this 2014 playoff format and of course last year's Stanley Cup championship and we just heard Craig Berube talking about Robert Thomas I'm wondering if the Blues have an opportunity Dan to set themselves up to semi what the Detroit Red Wings had done in the past where always competitive always a team that everybody was concerned about going up against because they have youth because they have the right contracts for the right players and they have a a system set up with a coach that can continuously grow in the NHL. I'd have to turn the tables and ask you. You would know better than I, but if you compare it to the Red Wings in that time, it was kind of an open market. So you're signing guys for whatever they wanted, and they were out getting Robitaille and Hall and Chelios. uh, Shanahan, Iserman. Shanahan, (laughs) Iserman, you know, had a great goaltender, obviously. You know, and, and, you know, you're, you're signing them for what they wanted. I think it's fascinating what they're going to do with Alex and how they keep the captain. And to me, I would bring him back. He's in the prime of his career. And then how you mix and match and make the pieces fit with the salary cap. And what the NHL did during a pandemic in getting a four-year extension in a CBA, I find incredible. I mean, good on them to make this thing happen. That's why this tournament and this postseason is so important for the players to get the money in escrow and keep this thing rolling um because if they play next year um make sure you got uh, plenty of zeros on those checks right, right. <laughs> um so can they you know robert thomas is a centerpiece of this thing too right yeah i mean you you want to keep him pareco keeping him uh bennington keeping him um and you would know again no better than i but how you make this thing work with a cap in this system is imperative and making the right decisions. Now, Doug Armstrong, to me, is a gambler. I mean, he's, he's not one to uh, hold back and say, well, I'm just going to keep these guys in hope and wish. I yeah. mean, he, he makes the trade. He's got guts and, and makes it work. They have the pieces to make the thing work. It's just do you make the right decision at the right time? Um, a lot of it, though, hinges on the captain, you yeah. know, and – they're going to have to make some tough decisions on guys. I don't know who those guys are. I, I, I have my own personal opinion on what I would do, and that would be bringing him back and then making tough decisions on some of these players right. and then expansion and looking at what you would expose in the draft uh, for those guys, and then all of a sudden some of those numbers are off the books. But you're right. I mean, the, 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 nu- the nucleus is there to keep this thing sustained, but – because of the long-term deals that they have with pieces that are already in place, it makes it difficult, Alex. Yeah. I mean, it makes it really hard to do. Um, you have to say that with what they have coming back this particular year and going to Edmonton, how could they not be considered one of the favorites going back? Mm-hmm. But everybody's coming back healthy, Blues included with Tarasenko. 
um, if they win again, takes some of the pressure off, I would think, because now you have back-to-back cups. But I do find it fascinating. Well, I don't know where you're at with this. But. Yeah, well, and that's kind of why I thought then brought this, wanted to bring this up and talk it with you, Dan, because you sit there and you think about it and you look at where they're at. And we've heard this throughout training camp with the Blues of a Robert Thomas and what he's been doing, a Colton Pareko and how he's rising, and Alex Petrangelo, who's labeled an elite defenseman. And you look at teams of the past who went on a streaks like they did, the Chicago Blackhawks, where they won three in five years, the L.A. Kings, who won two and four the nucleus that they had in place was the reason why. And you start to think about what the Blues have put together of a Craig Berube coach who has his entire team in the right mindset, much like what Mike Schilt does with this Cardinals team. They're in the right mindset. But then you have that group of players who are there for the long haul. And I also bring this up because Marco Scandella, if you heard him yesterday, he basically said, I love this place. I don't ever want to leave. And he's been here for four months right. compared to guys who have been here their entire careers of a Petrangelo and Tarasenko, but you think of a Pareko, a Thomas, a Tarasenko, an O'Reilly, a Shen, a Petrangelo if he's locked up. That's your nucleus. That's your nucleus, and that's your opportunity. And maybe the Red Wings is a a stretch because they were in that non-salary cap era, but if you look at those Blackhawks of a Taze and a Kane and a Keith and a Seabrook and a Crawford, that was their nucleus that they won with, and I think you're looking at something very similar Agreed. with the Blues. Yeah, I agree. Um, the thing is, though, would you agree, though, it hinges on what happens with the captain? Oh, 100%. Yeah. Because if you lose your captain, you have to find somebody else who's going to be a voice in that locker room who can take the team like an Alex Petrangelo took the team. What, what else can he get on the open market? You know, we talked about this yesterday, Dan, Rivs and I, and BK. I, don't, I think on the open market, even in this, in this pandemic, I mean, look what we just saw with Mookie Betts. But that was being discussed prior to COVID. Right. So, but with the, with the financial circumstances, don't you, I mean, do you think the Dodgers sit there and think, boy, maybe we shouldn't? Or because they have that money, they say, look, this guy's an elite talent. We should pay him. Well, you know, the way I look at it is that, yes, elite talent. Yes, we build around him. Yes, we're going to come out of this. And yes, baseball is going to be healthy. Yeah, I think they look at all those things. You're not going to give that guy that kind of money unless you feel pretty confident about all those things. Correct. And he's a elite player that we build around. Um, you know, with Petro, again, to me, there's a lot of questions that are personal and to a professional is, first of all, the, the cap's not going to change. Right. So you know that. Um, what, what does legacy mean? What does wearing that C mean? What does it mean to, to be the first guy that brought the cup to a, a crazed, in a great way, Yeah, meaning in a very good way, crazed hockey town that loves you? Um, you know, you, you've, your family was, your kids were born here, wife's, wife's from, from here. here. I mean, there's a lot of pluses. And so you get a little bit more money somewhere else. I mean, if you can't make the money the Blues are going to give you here, uh, the extra money you get somewhere else, you're not going to make it work there. I mean, if well, you can't make it work here, I mean, come on. And do you want that money somewhere where you're not winning? Do you want to go somewhere where, yeah, you're making $10 million? Because, look, somebody will pay him $10 so what, million. What's, what's the money that he's going to get here? What, what can they max I out with? I think you're looking at probably about $8 million a year. So you get two more million to go somewhere else. And not have an opportunity to win a Stanley Cup. Because the teams that are elsewhere that can pay you $10 million, they're not teams that are set up to go for a Stanley so Cup So ultimately the question is how much is enough? Yeah. Exactly, and okay. I think that's what it comes down to. Okay. Which, at the end of the day, I, I wish I was in that circumstance and, to think of. But he could get one more year on that contract here, correct? Correct. 
because that's usually so basically you go somewhere and get seven, but you can get eight here. Here. Once again, it's it's circumstance and it's it's Doug Armstrong having to find a way to pull off a magic trick. And you said something too about, you know, finding ways to stay competitive and, you know, making sure you're building around that nucleus and you know, you can kind of tie this into what the Cardinals are doing right now, Dan, and they're not at the point where spending millions of dollars, although they did do that with a Paul Goldschmidt and trading for him and signing him, but you look at the nucleus that they have in place of a Jack Flaherty, of a Carlos Martinez, of some of these younger pitchers in the bullpen, of a Paul Goldschmidt, who, yes, he's 30s, but he's that he's DeYoung that young is locked up. DeYoung is locked up. Tillon Carlson's on the rise. Hicks. Hicks. So you have a nucleus right now that you can look at and say, now you're just a couple pieces away what the Blues were at the time when they made that trade for Ryan O'Reilly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, again, you know, I, to me personally, I, um, I've seen it so many times in sports. I, I think if you're offered that generational-type money, now this is easy for me to say. <laughs> okay, I'm just the guy that's behind the mic calling games. We I, have the easy job. Right. I, I take it. You know, I yeah. mean, it's, it's – I don't think it's that hard. I just say, yep, I'm here. I'm happy here. This is where I want to be. Plus, I get the extra year in this town. Right. I mean, that's the other part of it. Uh, it's generational-type money. I get to stay in St. Louis. My family's from here. My kids love it here. It's, it's, I'm here. Um, but, again, the agents get involved, too. I mean, that's the other part, too. And to put it in baseball terms, my understanding is he's represented by the Scott Boris of Hockey, hockey, yeah, you know, and that means something to those guys, you know. Hey, we represented the top defenseman on the market, and we got top dollar for him. Right. We can do that for player X when they're out there selling themselves to other potential clients. And that's part of it. It's part of the game, right? So, um, if I'm the Blues, I want him back, uh, just from an outsider's perspective. Now, I'm not around it every day like you are. Um, he's in the prime of his career. I'm watching a fabulous player, cornerstone player. Again, on the back end of the deal, eight years, you know, he's an older player with a lot of mileage. May look ugly, but what has he meant to the franchise? I'm, I'm willing to go deeper with that because he's meant so much. Well, and you know, too, from watching defensemen in the NHL, they get better as they get older. Some of them Al do. Al McKinnis, Chris Pronger. Al McKinnis at the end of his career was still was incredible. Incredible. He was still one of the top players in the league. Right. The, the injuries forced him out. He still had a lot a right. lot in the tank. Same then, with Prongs. Yeah, Prongs. Uh, Prongs is is thirty plus, and he goes to Edmonton and it's in the Stanley Cup final. He goes by and, himself. He carry that team, <laughs> right? Then he goes to Philadelphia and he takes a Flyers team that's you know borderline playoff caliber. Takes them to the Stanley Cup final. Yes, it's an opportunity though that when you get a leadership like that, or when you have an elite player like that, you can continue to build around that legacy yes. that you can hopefully put together. I agree yeah. totally. Well, it'll be interesting, just like it's going to be interesting tonight here with Cardinals opening day starting a sixty game season. The voice of the Cardinals, Dan McLaughlin, will be on the call. We are going to talk with Cardinals chairman, Bill DeWitt Jr. He is going to join us next here on Ribs and BK on 101 ESPN. We're back to the Ribs and BK podcast on 101 ESPN. Back in on Ribs and BK, along with Cardinals broadcaster Dan McLaughlin. I'm Alex Ferrario, sitting in for Jamie Rivers and Brandon Kiley today, and we are here at the Budweiser Brew House, kicking off 
the 2020 season for the Cardinals tonight when they take on the Pirates at 7.15, and we will be live here all day. The entire 101 lineup will be here on site. The coverage for opening day on 101 ESPN is brought to you by Saliga Heating and Cooling and by Rawlings. And it is an honor now to welcome in the Cardinals chairman and chief executive officer for the St. Louis Cardinals, Bill DeWitt Jr., as we approach first pitch tonight here for opening day. Bill, how are you today, sir? I'm great. I'm looking forward to the opener, which is always exciting, and uh, it's a beautiful day for baseball, nice and sunny, and uh, hopefully we'll have a victory. Well, Bill, I would, uh, I would imagine this opening day feels a little bit different with the, uh, the long road to get back to a season being able to be had, starting up a 60-game season, no fans in the stand, but still a lot of excitement around St. Louis. How different does this feel for you? Well, it is quite different, no question about it. And I have to give MLB and, and the Players Association credit for working on an agreement to uh, have the health protocols and um, all the things necessary to, to play games, um, even without fans. And, you know, it's going to be a little different, but I think uh, it'll be interesting and fun and exciting. And, uh, you know, 60-game season is, a, is more of a sprint to the end. Um, so I think uh, it'll create a lot of interest. But let's face it, we've been looking forward to opening day for a long time uh, since spring training, and here we are. So um, I'm very excited. Mr. DeWitt, this is uh, Dan McLaughlin. It's great to hear your voice. Um, I, I want to, again, this is not to embarrass you, but I, I want to commend you with uh, you and your family and the ownership group and the Cardinals as a whole um, for your compassion and your concern during the pandemic of how you have treated and you continue to treat your employees, um, not only paying them, but uh, checking in on them, the emails, checking in on people with phone calls. Um, you, you just, you handle people right. And, and people need to know that publicly. So thank you for what you've done. And um, again, not trying to embarrass you, but um, people need to know that. So thank you for what you did. Well, thanks, Dan. I appreciate your saying that. You know, we have, I think, a non-player employees of around 400. And, you know, sometimes there are, you know, many cases behind the scenes, the fans see the players and the manager and the coaches and some front office people, but there's a big staff behind that that makes everything tick. And, um, you know, we feel like we've got a great group of people working for us and, we feel a responsibility to make sure that uh, you know they're they're safe and and that they're you know compensated during these times when when things are pretty tough. So um, you know we're we're very happy to have the group we have and you know they've they've shown a lot of loyalty to us over the years and and do great work. Well, you did things right. I can tell you that. Um, we we have now the expansion of playoffs to 16 teams. I was always hoping that you might do this. You've agreed to go to to 16 teams. What do you think about that? Going from 10 to 16 and the excitement that this might bring the the fans of baseball. Well, it certainly keeps a lot more teams in the hunt, and you know the top two teams in each division uh, will we'll get into the playoffs. The, the division winner will have an advantage. There'll be short series. So I think it's going to be very exciting. Uh, you know, I I think a lot of teams will be competing for those positions, 
the fewer postseason teams you have, you know, the it, it's sometimes you get to a point where it's pretty obvious who's going to win a division, et, et cetera. But uh, now, um, you know, as I said earlier, this is a sprint to the finish, and there isn't any team that's really out of it, uh, you know, particularly in our division, which is a pretty tough division. So, um, you know, we just hope that uh, we finish first and like we did last year and get deep into the playoffs. But it'll be a fun season, and, and I think the expanded playoffs will be really interesting. Yeah, I think so too, Bill. And seeing the response to something like this with more teams in the playoff hunt, which makes the season that much more enjoyable, do you think this could be something that could be kind of a regular occurrence in Major League Baseball in the future? I think it could be. I, I think this was a great opportunity to, to try it out this year. And um, I, it has a lot of support, I know, from uh, ownership, senior management, and we'll see how it works out. Um, but I think it's got a chance to, you know, be the standard as we go forward. Um, and we'll, we'll see how, how it works out this year. And, uh, of course, it's something that has to be negotiated again with the union. But, um, you know, I'm sure they'd be for it because it gives more players an opportunity to get into the playoffs. Mr. DeWitt, what are you looking forward to with this season, with all the oddities of of the year and the, the various new rules of the season, no fans in the stands. We all know about that, but what are you, what are you looking forward to with the season? Well, I'm very excited about our club. I think we've got a, a really good club that's well balanced. Uh, you know, the traditional things you need to win, starting pitching, uh, good relief core, uh, sound defense, good base running, um, I think offensively we have a chance to be better than we were last year. Some of the younger guys in the outfield have matured another year. And, um, you know, so we've got veterans who we count on. And uh, so I, I'm very excited. I think this club's uh, got a chance to do great things. And, uh, you know, everything has to fall in place. And you don't really have the luxury of going into a two- or three-week slump because – you know, you don't have many games to catch back up. So I know one thing, this team will be is well prepared under Mike Shelton and his staff. They've done a terrific job. So um, hopefully we'll get off to a good start and go from there. Bill, throughout every regular season, you know, we see you at the ballpark. We see you in the stands watching games, night games, day games. I'm curious, with a 60-game season, what, does that change anything or how does it change things for you while you're watching the games? Uh, well, it'll be interesting because there will be so few people there. Really, uh, front office staff, a, a few of the front office baseball personnel will, will be on hand uh, actually in the stands. I'll be there, of course, uh, my son. Um, and it'll just be different. You know, uh, we'll all be masked. And uh, uh, But when that first pitch is thrown, it's baseball again. And um you know, we don't have the uh, environment that we usually have, which is great support from our fans. We've drawn over 3.2 million for a number of years, and um, you know, we just won't have that this year. Hopefully, as time goes on this season, we'll be able to get some fans in the ballpark. But um, I know our our staff's done a nice job, and you know, doing some simulated sounding and things like that, which all teams have. So 
you know, once we get to play ball, it's uh, we're watching a baseball game that counts, and that's what matters. What's it been like for you, Mr. DeWitt, to, to watch those games? I mean, do you find yourself, you know, eventually you say, well, yeah, it's a little different, but you know what? It's baseball, so I'm watching a baseball game. Do you find yourself just saying, well, it's a new norm, and it's okay. I'm, I'm watching my guys, and I'm, I'm watching baseball. Yeah, I think that's right. Um, I watched some of the game last night, uh, part of the rain delay, and it, it's baseball, you know. Yeah. Uh, so it uh, it is what it is. It doesn't have the the sounds and the the home crowd uh, cheering you on. But uh, I do think we have an advantage at Bush Stadium. It's our home field, and uh, we know the ins and outs of it. And players are comfortable there. So I think you'll still see the home teams doing well, um, and uh, they'll miss the fans, uh, which gives the home teams great support, uh, particularly in St. Louis. But, you know, I'm just pleased that baseball is going to be back and playing games that count, and um, hopefully we'll get uh, uh, the full season and have no setbacks. And, um, you know, so far so good, and, and, uh, you know, go from there. I would imagine, Bill, that uh, watching that game last night and hearing the crack of the bat or the balls being uh, thrown back and forth from the pitcher and the catcher probably took you back to your younger days, right? (laughs) Right. Yeah, yeah, it was uh, a fun time, I'll tell you. What do you think about uh, Mr. DeWitt, the the designated hitter in the the National League? Were you for that or were you against it? Well, I think in this context, um, it's a good thing. You know, we play the American League uh, a number of times. And, um, you know, I I think ultimately it's going to happen in the National League, whether it's in this new agreement or one after that. Um, so, uh, you know, from our club standpoint, I think it's an advantage. We've got, uh, players that can fill that role. And, um, I think it'll add to the offense in the national league, certainly. Um, and, you know, I think it's, it'll be great for our fans to see it this year. I know mostly on television, but, um, you know, to get used to it, I think the St. Louis fans are traditionalists like I am. And, uh, you know, probably resisted it for uh, since it's been instituted in the American League. But, um, you know, there needs to be change and growth in the game. And, um, you know, that's something that uh, we'll see what happens down the road. But I'm kind of looking forward to it this year, as I am to, you know, the other rule changes where a reliever can come in and, and he has to pitch to three batters um, and, you know, extra inning games being uh, played in a little different fashion, which they've done in the minor leagues. All sports, I mean, you seem to have done things like that, um, you know, having a conclusion of the game other than just playing forever. So, um, you know, I think that's also will be interesting. And this is a chance this year to try these things out and see how they work. Mr. DeWitt, uh, we saw Mookie Betts sign a, a really big deal yesterday with the Dodgers. Um, from your perspective, is that a sign that, you know, that the health of, of baseball economically, is, is that a good sign in your opinion? Is that a good sign for baseball? You know, each team has their own situation, and I think the Dodgers felt that uh, 
they must have, uh, that he was a franchise sure. player. And so they wanted to lock him up for a long period of time and they didn't want him to go to free agency. Um, but as you know, it's a tough season financially for all clubs and, you know, we'll all get through it. Everybody's, you know, in, in good shape getting through it. Um, and hopefully next year I'll be back to normal with, uh, uh, COVID under control and, uh, you know, fans in the stands and get back to business, uh, as usual. Um, so, you know, I never like to comment on what another team does one way or the other, but, uh, you know, the Dodgers run a, a great organization. They've got good young players and, you know, they just made that decision to tie up one of them for a long period of time. Understood. Mr. DeWitt, uh, my final question before we let you go, and we appreciate you taking some time out and joining us this afternoon. Uh, we talk an awful lot about, and the national media talks an awful lot about the strength of this Cardinals team uh, in this shortened season being their pitching. I- I'm curious from your perspective, because you know this team better than anybody, where do you feel like the area of strength is? I agree with that. I think we've got excellent starting pitching. I think we've got a lot of talent in the bullpen. Uh, certainly been impressed by KK. Uh, he had a nice, uh, nice ninth inning the other day, and um, you know he was really good this spring. Uh, plus, those who are coming back, Cody Whitley, uh, has certainly shown that he belongs. And uh, you know, then the other ones who have been with us uh, have done a nice job too. So, um, you know, I, I do think pitching is a strength. Uh, I will say, you know, defense. It had been not as good until last year, but last year we were pretty elite. And I think our defensive infield's as good as anybody's. Um, good outfield defense as well. Think about Harrison Bader in center and, you know, the corner guys. So, and our catchers, <laughs> he's not bad on defense either. So, no, he's not. You know, I, I, pitching and defense win a lot of games, but you also have to score runs. And, I think we'll do much better offensively this year than we have uh, or than we did last year. Mr. DeWitt, I meant what I said earlier. Thanks for uh, what you've done for all of us with the Cardinals. Thanks for what you do for the city. We really appreciate it. Thanks so much. Thanks a lot, Dan. Appreciate being with you guys. You got it. That's uh, Bill DeWitt, the owner of the St. Louis Cardinals. And, uh, I mean it. You know, I'm glad you brought that up because I think it, it should be discussed more because when you look around, Dan, there, there. I don't, I don't, I don't know the exact number, but there were a lot of Major League Baseball teams that that a lot that couldn't pay and had to fire a lot of people. Oh no, they could. Well, no, yeah. <laughs> no, they, no, no, no. Yeah. They could. They elected not to. Yeah, but, to, um, but a lot to, of my friends that work for the Cardinals um, are very thankful for yeah. what the Dewitts did. Believe me. There, so very few teams were able to do that in Major League Baseball, which is really nice to see. Um, and they elected not to. Yeah. And he paid his minor leaguers in full. He paid his employees in full. Yep. Um, and that doesn't get enough attention. Yeah. So I wanted people to know that. And, you know, we can all sit here and debate whether or not, you know, you should sign Brett Cecil to a four-year deal or right. do you trade for Paul Goldschmidt or do you sign player X, Y, and Z. And I'm sure I'm getting killed on the text line, and I don't really care. Um, but, you know, when – the bleep hit the fan, which it did in all walks of life, and I work in baseball, and um, uh, and a lot of my friends work at the Cardinals. Yeah, um, they stepped up and they they took care of people when there was no games, no revenue coming in, and the Dewitt family and the ownership group said, 
you know, we're going to try to take care of you people. And, and they did. And so while, you know, a lot of people, uh, you know, can argue about what you do with their money, the, the DeWitts in terms of, you know, should you sign this player, go out and get this guy? Oh, they didn't do that in free agency. That's fine. That's sports. Yeah. We all debate it. That's the fun of it. But in terms of taking care of these people behind the scenes, and as he mentioned, 400 employees, they did. Yeah. So that's the human side of it. Yeah. And, and the text line agrees with you. They're saying, Dan, you want to thank Bill DeWitt for all of the winning seasons and what he does behind the scenes. Keep up the great work. Yeah. So, so the text line knows and they, they see what the DeWitt family does as well. And, you know, God bless him. They yep. did it. So I wanted to make sure that we commended him for doing that. Yeah. Well, we appreciate Bill DeWitt Jr. joining us this afternoon. Get your text messages. Good man. Yes, very good man. Get your questions into us in the Air Comfort Service text line 65780. Dan and Brad Thompson will answer those questions. Coming up next here on Ribs and BK on 101 ESPN. We're back to the Ribs and BK podcast on 101 ESPN. You've got questions. We may have the answers. Maybe? Text now, 65780. It's Ribs and BK's questions and answers on 101 ESPN. Final time here in the 11 o'clock hour. Alex Ferrario, Dan McLaughlin, and... Brad Thompson sitting in for Ribs and BK because BT just loves work, so we figure why not get down here early? Yeah, why not, right? right. We're, we're here. We might as well get some uh, get some work in. So, uh, yeah, why, why not? And he can't wait to spend tonight with Dan McLaughlin in the broadcast booth. Look, Dan and I are going to have way too much time together, <laughs> but you know what? We're going to have way too much fun together tonight, Dan. It's baseball, baby! We're going to have a blast. Golly. That's what we're going to have. Been waiting for this since March 12th. March 12th was the uh, last time that, uh, well, technically, no. We were on the air Wednesday, and then there, we had some streaming games. But the when it got shut down, I think we were the last sporting event that was on the air. It was, it was so eerie watching you really guys, eerie. too. I'm sure it was even, even more so being in the booth calling games. Rudy Gobert was the night before. And I thought, well, when they pulled them off and then NBA got shut down that night before, I thought, well, and I don't know, Alex. Anaheim Ducks and Blues played that night. So when the Blues came off the ice, you know, the the Rudy Gobert had had happened when the Blues were in the first period. And then they went ended in the third period was when the NHL said they'd make a statement. So, yeah, that was that last game watching those guys come off the ice, too. And we reported to and at that point. They were social distancing with reporters. Like, we couldn't go into the clubhouse. I think it was, like, maybe maybe a week before, something like that, 10 days before. And um, so everybody was spread out anyway when Chilty would do his, his morning uh, scrum with the media. So there was, you know, some, some stuff was going on at that point. But, you know, we had the game that day. And um, I remember being in the, the lunchroom where the um, – the lunchroom down at spring training is where the media goes, media sits, and a lot of scouts, as you know, Brad, being down there. And I, you've probably been down there a little bit, yeah. Alex. You know, scouts are there, too. And I remember talking to the scouts, and they're like, they were on their phone constantly, <laughs> thinking that their teams are just going to pull them off the road and say, hey, get in a car, get in a plane, go home. Yeah. Because stuff was kind of hitting, you know, like, yeah. hey, get out. And we're going on the air, and I'm wiping down the booth and thinking – well, they haven't canceled yet, so we're 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 going forward. <laughs> and um, and about I, I would say like the fifth or sixth inning is when we we got official word that Major League Baseball said play your games, but we're done. And um, 
I I remember because the starters usually come out. Uh, what do you think, Brad? Maybe probably a half hour before. I mean, before oh, the game. Yeah. Like before the game, they usually come out and yeah, they yeah. kind of stretch. And some guys are signing autographs, and and we're we're not seeing anybody. So we're thinking that it's funneling through the clubhouse that word is coming out, and and guys are on the phone with their agents or maybe the Cardinals, and they're saying, okay, don't go out there because they're going to cancel this thing. And all of a sudden, players start trickling out about 10 minutes before the game. We're like, okay, we're playing. You know? <laughs> and just away we go. And we kept checking our phone. And then it, 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 it was. It was just surreal. It was odd. Guys were taking really quick at-bats. It was the kind of at-bats that you would see on the final day of spring training when guys are just trying to get out. Like, let's get packed up. Let's go. Let's go to the city that we're going to play in for opening day, and we're gone. Yeah. Um, it was just It was surreal. And it was a packed house. And that was the other thing, too, I noticed. There was a late arriving crowd, which normally down in Jupiter, you don't have that. You got a pretty early arri- arriving crowd because people like to see BP. You're up close to the, the players. You know, you can see things that you normally wouldn't see if you're at a major league game. And um, so we, we were there, and just everything was just kind of happening slowly and late. And March 12th, man, it hit, and we were told, get out of Dodge. Get out of Dodge. And and then the proverbial, you know what, hit the fan. And we just didn't know. I remember I was working with Ricky Ankeel, and I said, I don't know if we're playing baseball this year. And we got out the air. And he said, oh, we're going to play. I said, I, I don't know, man. And they said, hey, we'll reevaluate in two weeks. And I thought, if we're not playing tomorrow, we're not playing, you know, what are they going to come up with in two weeks that are going to change us now? Right. You know, and it was just scary so to be at this point that we have an opening day even minus fans i don't care we got baseball we got sports i'm excited and i i really believe and i'm sure we're going to get into this the next two hours but the real telltale will be the the first couple of weeks i think of the major league season we're not in a bubble guys are traveling i talked to some of the people with the royals they said it's really odd when they travel on the bus to get to the plane to get to the hotel to get to their room out of the room to the bus to the stadium to what they do and that's how it was at the beginning of of summer camp it got to like a rhythm of guys getting out of their home come down to the stadium get tested get on the field and then rinse and repeat and that's what we're going to have to have you're really going to have a rhythm to the season when they travel i really believe that it takes some real diligence too on everybody's on everybody's behalf like it's amazing all the stuff that's going to have to go into this uh, on the player standpoint on the training staff uh, standpoint everybody's standpoint of what they're going to have to do but i'll tell you what I, I'm pumped up. I'm I am too. Up. Yeah. I, I know that every day is going to be a little bit of a crapshoot. I know that the uh, the Nationals weren't expecting to be without Juan Soto. Uh, I, I know that, well, golly, in 2020 fashion, how about the first game of the year being rained out yep. just uh, yeah. in six Typical. In? Well, we got six in, you know? Like, yeah. uh, we'll take anything at this the point. The starting pitcher had a complete game, one Fine. run. Fine. Yeah, that's perfect. Outing. That's good for your stat line you at the end though, of it. Did you think, though, that it was interesting that they – they, I thought they'd call it faster. I did too, because I thought that was part of the new protocols. You don't they want guys sitting want, around. Yes, I, I really thought that that was part of the 67 pages. In fairness, I didn't read every single page. <laughs> I kind of like the one with the diagrams because I'm more of a picture guy. Uh, <laughs> but uh, but no, I, I really did think that that was one of the things. And I, I heard a lot of pundits. Uh, I, I know that uh, especially anybody with the Nationals saying, hey, look, when every game means 2.7, uh, when you break it all down, you can't bang that game. I don't think you can afford to have everybody hanging around each 
each other, especially having Juan Soto popping uh, for a couple of days, but he didn't know his test results for a few days in between, and he was around all of his teammates. And then they had yeah. two quick tests that showed that She's he was okay. negative, yeah. but he wasn't major league tests. I know. Yeah, it, it's such a weird thing. But, yeah, I, I was surprised as well that it took as long. I was texting with a few friends saying, they got to bang this, right? Like, they, they just got to get it over with. It's a regulation game. Yeah. There's going to be things that we're going to figure out. There's going to be things that we learn throughout the season. For sure. And there are going to be things that, as a fan, you're going to disagree with. Like, like what? It's been a half hour. You're going to tomorrow to play tomorrow? Yeah. Because yeah. that's where we're at. Yep. You want to find a way to finish the 60-game season. Before we break, one question I wanted to throw at both of you from the Air Comfort Service text line. From having all these months with no sports happening but still being on the radio, what has both of your favorite non-sports topic been? Well, Tiger King. I mean, really, first and foremost, if you didn't get into Tiger King, if you weren't enthralled by Joe Exotic, I don't know what you were doing with your life and with your time. You had spare time. There was no baseball, football, hockey. It. What do you mean you stopped watching? I stopped it? watching. I, I How did you with stop them. watching? I didn't stop watching, but when I finished, I just felt disgusting. Yeah, no, you were incomplete at the end of yeah. it. Like, I really thought that there was going to be a, a tiny bit more. You can't stop. How many episodes did you watch, Dave? Like three. And I was like, I'm done. <laughs> I'm done. I, I'm done. I, I, I am going to pick it up, but I, had, I needed a You're mental break. You're not going to pick it up now. Now there's life. Like, you have something to do with your life. Had, <laughs> Tiger, King dropped, break. had Tiger King dropped at any other time, guys, like, oh, it wouldn't have been as cool as it true. was. And I was actually a little late to the game because I think that there was acting on when Tiger King dropped. No, there wasn't. But then there was four months <laughs> no. of no Dan life. Dan says there's no... There's I no life know. when it comes to Tiger King. Yeah. No. Yeah, that no. pretty much did it for <laughs> me. And I think Netflix saved everybody's life and probably ended up making uh, uh, making a lot of money in the last couple oh of months. Oh, my God. Can you imagine how much money they made? Yeah, they're, they're killing it. Disney Plus, all of those yeah. Are, yeah. are doing Hollywood just fine Hollywood saw now. Netflix, what they were doing. They're saying, maybe we should reconsider. Yeah. Yeah. I, I figured out that moment. my wife doesn't really, truly, I thought she didn't like me. Definitely doesn't like me. You found that yeah, out? Yeah, it's official. Man, yeah, I think I'm know, on board with that, too. It, it was kind of weird today. All my stuff was already sitting by the door. Yeah. <laughs> like, I didn't like, even pick out my iron, own suit. It's just saying, here it is. <laughs> See ya. <laughs> Gas tank full. Hey, the, the, uh, we'll say, the kids were sad. The kids are like, where are you going? I told my son. I, I'm like, dude, I'll see you I'll see you in the morning. He's like, what do you mean in the morning? <laughs> I'm like, well, daddy's got to do the baseball game tonight. He's like, I don't like that. Like, well, watch the game, bud. You'll be all right. It'll be cool. Give him a shout yeah. out on air tonight. Give it a couple of years, right? He's, he's only seven years old. Chances are, what is it oh, like yeah. when they hit like 12? It's like, whatever. You're not cool yeah, anymore. Yeah, get out. You're <laughs> done. Right. Yeah, I'll, I'll cherish these times. <laughs> yeah, cherish. That's your broadcasting duo tonight on Can't the wait. game. Dan McLaughlin, Brad Thompson. I'm Alex Ferrari. We're sitting in for Ribs and BK. We're going to come back. Want some of your mic drops as well. The opening day moments what do they mean to you we'll get into some of that with bt and dan we'll get your mic drops also on the 101 espn nap on 101 espn app here on 101 espn we're back to the ribs and bk podcast on 101 espn yes and you got a whole you got the whole gang tonight i saw this earlier i was talking to dan scotty warman's gonna be in fox sportsman west studio you got Erica Weston at home, Ricky Horton at home, Jim Hayes at the Channel 9 studios. Rick Ankeel. Rick Ankeel. Dan, you're going to just have to be navigating an entire orchestra tonight. Oh, it's easy. No problem. Simple. 
easy. There will be zero technological issues. There will be no uh, there there will be no problems at all, right? I mean, we'll be good to go. Yeah. And again, so that's the thing too that that I always have to remind myself. Dan, uh, you know this. I get as we get closer and closer to a broadcast. It happens on the radio as well. I get a little nervous. Do you? I get the tight cheeks a little bit. <laughs> well, usually. I get the sweats. Well, Maybe me, sometimes me... I got to take a pregame dump. There you go. <laughs> that's why I, I might say. as well say it if you, if you were going to. That's but where I was going. It gets bubbling a little bit. Ribs calls that the Mike Keenan. Just Do you have it. a nickname for yours? Uh, no. No? No, I that's should. Good. You should. I should. You should come up with a nickname. What? You got to come up with a nickname for it. Ribs is the Mike Keenan. Yeah, but I, I can't say whatever I was going to say, like, <laughs> on the air, probably. I got to drop a, drop a deuce, I guess. Well, you come up with a name. Yeah, you got a name. My nervous, maybe someone or somebody you don't poops. like. So yeah. you say, I'm going to oh, take look, a my I, nervous poops. I probably shouldn't do that either. It'll okay. just get awkward. <laughs> <All right>. uh, <laughs> anyway. <laughs> uh, but, uh, but that's the thing to remember with stuff like this. First of all, people are starving for, for baseball, starving Period. for content. Yeah. Yeah. And Nobody knows what stuff is supposed to look like or what is supposed to happen or who's supposed to get thrown to Blank at a certain canvas, time. Man. None of that stuff matters. Like, no. like Cardinal fans just want Cardinal baseball, yeah. and everybody's working their tail off to, to bring it to you. The players have been working like, uh, like crazy. The staff over there with the Cardinals, everybody. So uh, it, it's going to be a cool day today. I, I agree. Um, I've said from day one, especially on the broadcast side, which is what we, you know, we're intimately involved with, Blank Canvas, try some things. They may work. Try some things. They don't work. We take them out and uh, have fun with it. You know, just just have fun with it. That's, Spe- that, that's the way I'm going with it. Speaking of trying some things, and, and I, I would like to know your guys' take on this, because I was watch, I watched both games last night. I watched the Nationals and the Yankees, and I watched the, the Dodgers and the Giants. I don't know why, because I didn't think I was going to. I really liked the cardboard cutouts. You like them. I, knew I did, go with man. This. I did. Like, I was watching back there. I'm like, yeah, there's people. Here's, here's the only thing, though. What? The only thing I found with it, I liked it and I didn't like it. Okay, so I'm a little bit of both. Okay. I'm 50-50. It's kind of like when you're on a Zoom call. Okay, in a Zoom call, how many times on our Zoom calls when you're supposed to be paying attention to the person oh, yeah. that you're actually paying attention to the background? Yep. And you're not paying attention to the person. And then you're like, hey, um, could, would you mind repeating that? Because I was really looking at the uh, picture on the, the, the back. <laughs> I was looking at your kitchen floor. Yeah. You have ADD, Dan. I think this is something that maybe Very we well should. Because I'm, I'm generally listening to whoever no, is you speaking. <laughs> no. no, you know what I do? You jump around more I than scr- anybody. I, I scroll through, and I'm looking at everybody I- it's not talking. Does he who's like picking their nose <laughs> yeah. or something? And who left? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Who, who's not paying attention? Who's who muted their so, video yeah. camera? Yeah. So you found yourself distracted by looking at the cardboard cut. Was Mary Hart in the front? Mary Hart was yeah. in the fart. I, uh, fart. Yeah. <laughs> Mary fart. Hart was the fart. You're uh, ready for the season. I can't wait. This <laughs> yeah. is gonna be great. Uh, but uh, yeah, uh, she was there, but I, I didn't see. Uh, uh, what's his name? Larry King. I, I did I not see Larry I King. That's what everyone was on Twitter King. was talking about, saying, I swear Larry King has to be in this Dodger Stadium somewhere. Nobody could does. find him. I agree. you got to have Larry yeah. King, and you got to have Mary Hart. That's what Hart. <laughs> One of the two. One of the two. Well, yeah, that's, that's, her, that's her car cut <laughs> yeah. name. Um, I, I'm, I'm going to be fascinated with the Fox broadcast tomorrow with the uh, animated crowd. Yeah. That's going to be interesting. I don't like it. I haven't you seen it in baseball yet. Why well, haven't? Yes, kind of. I don't know why. Yes, so so, you, because you, it's real people. Have you, did you watch it in soccer? The the animated crowd. I did. The soccer Dude, one it, was strange. It looked so. 
I don't know. It looked like video game graphics, yes. but from a while ago. It doesn't look. It didn't look like like, like now. Like now, NHL ninety two is what yeah, it looked like. Like, like just a, a okay Technicolor, you know. But either way, you know, may, it, maybe they have different technology too. The ballparks are all different, so they'll try different things. Back to your idea, blank slate. That's what this is. If it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't. But I think we're going to be okay. Yeah, I. I Definitely like the crowd being piped in. I think you have to have yeah. some kind of atmosphere to it. You got to because, you know, I was watching a game, I guess it was two weeks ago, and I think it was Trout hit one out, and it rattled uh, in the seats. And that's all you heard. You, you heard the ball just go, <laughs> yeah. And I was like, eh, we need more. Now, there was no announcer. There was, there was just, and you heard a couple guys go, oh, hey, hey, you know, yeah. like players will do. Of course. Um, and I was like, that's not going to work. Yeah. Y- you had to have some kind of crowd. And the parabolics on Fox Midwest will pick that up down on the field, those mics. So you'll have that. And, and Brad, you, you could speak to this for sure. Yachty behind the plate will dig in and move. So you, you, you're going to have positioning. So from the aspect of the competition, you could hear him as a hitter move to his right or his left. So positioning behind the plate and where you're trying to pitch him, pitch him in, pitch him out, whatever. You're going to get that. So I do think that you've got to have some kind of crowd. Joe Girardi actually talked about that like four weeks ago. He's like, as a catcher, I want some kind of crowd. And even if he's calling out things, you want to have him be, yeah. able, to, yeah. you know, be able to talk. So I, I, I do think that that's good. I, I've had a lot of fans on Twitter say, please, no crowd. Then other fans say, hey, it was great because you guys shot it tight. And I heard a little bit of crowd. I, I felt like there was some kind of atmosphere. So that's good. I think as we go along, I think the reaction will be different. That some people say, "Yeah, do the do the cutouts." I'm okay with it, and I, I'm like you. It did add a little, just a little atmosphere, having some kind of at least a semblance of a crowd behind you. So I think as we go along, we're, we're going to get some of it. I do. I'm thinking a little bit past the cardboard cutouts now. The wheels are turning a little <laughs> okay. bit, boys. All right, all right. Usually so you guys dangerous. have all seen Home Alone. Haven't you? The oh, my God, yeah. Macaulay Culkin. Times. Yeah. All right, same idea, but when something big happens, somebody's pulling strings, right? <laughs> so they're all moving in unison behind there. Like, the woo, wave. yes, yeah. dude, give me something. Like puppeteers where it's somebody up top picking like, them up. We could pull off what Macaulay Culkin did in the early 90s. Like, we can do that. What about uh, donating and put, changing them out every game? And donating to COVID relief or children's hospitals, yeah, something sure. like that. No, it, it, it's such an easy charitable arm. Now, it's easy for us to talk about. Maybe it's a lot harder in practice to actually get all this stuff be. done. Uh, <laughs> but from where we're sitting, Dan, super easy. Super <laughs> easy. Yeah, get them in, get them cut up right, and I do say it. you get 44,000 of those bad boys. Just get them. Well, the KBO actually did a thing. One of the teams, uh, Eduardo Perez was telling me that one of the teams is uh, nicknamed like the Dinos. Mm-hmm. NC Dinos. Hashtag our Dinos. Yeah. yeah. I got big into BT's KBO. got a lot of money on that. And they did the... Uh, My people. Shocking <laughs> that you would bet on something. It's not. Anything. It doesn't matter, um, Dan. It was just KBO baseball. Whatever. <laughs> it was a slight little wager. Yeah. And I, I'm fine with that. I'm yeah. sure your family's proud of you. Save your money on Hanwha. They had a really bad year. Oh, okay. Good. Yeah. I'll note that. Yeah, the eagle's um, not soaring. And they had dinosaurs, <laughs> like the dinosaur, um, what do you call them? Uh, not puppets, but... Uh, stuffed animals? Stuffed animals. Yeah, Thank that you. was freaky. But behind the seats? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. That was frightening. Yeah, I yeah. appreciate that. So you get cardinals, you get Fredbirds back there, whatever. So th- that's going to be another interesting wrinkle. Fredbird is allowed in the ballpark. So what about Team Fredbird? 
I don't think Team Fred Bird KBO is. had cheerleaders. Yeah, I, I think solely Fred Bird. So what does Fred Bird do in the general, in the ballpark? Probably creates issues. It's what Starts he does. Havoc? Yeah, it's what he does Starts at his best. Putting his beak on players and you know until he comes up in the probably broadcast shouldn't booth. Probably not do that. There, there's mm-hmm. uh, there's six foot, but he'll do something to make himself seen. Oh, know. of course he will. I even miss that guy. You <laughs> I know, do too. like there's there's a lot. Uh, you know what? I, I was watching the game last night and I found myself missing that I didn't ever think that I was going to miss was the uh, was complaining about how crappy the home plate umpire was. Being Angel our guy Hernandez. Angel Hernandez, yeah. Yeah. yeah, he called Howie Kendrick out on a pitch that was like a mile off the <laughs> yeah. plate and just ring him up. Well, now you knew it was a major league season. Yes, like the Angel, ball was look right down the middle. Angel's here. Who's trending on Twitter now? It's Angel. Yeah, right. <laughs> Hashtag dig me. <laughs> Angel's back. Major oh, League Baseball's my goodness, back. Baby. And a crew chief because of all of, all yeah. of the yeah, changes. Yeah, what they say we, he was the interim t- crew chief. Yeah, and we will have instant replay. Instant replay starts tonight. So, as you have multiple games going on. I guess you won't have as many guys in the replay room, which is kind of interesting because they're trying to make it too because they want to get these games done as quickly as possible. But yet, normally, you would have a crew designated to like two games in New York. Well, you can't just stuff a bunch of people in the room. They can't be socially distanced. So if you have multiple games going on at the same time and then you have, let's say, four plays that happen at one time, but yet only three umpires, they got to be really quick. So you apparently pray they're, for just, the best. they're just saying, uh, yeah, looking at it, mm, yep, out. Yeah, okay, that one over there, mm, safe. Okay, go. <laughs> You'll hear a lot of call stands. There, yeah, are, there yeah. are three call different stands. ones. There, there's confirmed, which it means like he absolutely got that right. Right. And stands is the one that's like, Probably yeah. what he said. Yeah, that's going to be Stan. We'll go with it. Well, that's Dan McLaughlin, Brad Thompson. We're going to take a quick break. I do want to talk a little bit about the Cardinals bullpen uh, with both these guys. So we'll get into that next. Also, Jason Isringhausen joining us at twelve thirty. Looking forward to that one as well. We'll be back with more after this on Ribs and BK on one hundred and one ESPN. We're back to the Ribs and BK podcast on one hundred and one ESPN. Along with Cardinals broadcaster Dan McLaughlin and Brad Thompson, I'm Alex Ferrario sitting in for Ribs and BK today. Guys from the 618, does the fact that Angel Hernandez and he was in D.C. Go. last night mean that he's in the East all season? That would be perfect. I'm not sure exactly. It does it work that way the yes. whole time? So I know the, they travel a lot. So the idea is they're going to keep the umpires as regionally um, separated, for lack of a better term, would be the idea. So... They would be in the American League East, National League East, as much as they can, to the point that <laughs> the umpires actually will even hop on the charters of the players. Oh, really? So if... Um, Might want to know which flight you're on before the game. Yeah, yeah be a little <laughs> lenient on that, uh, on that strike zone there, Angel. Um, <clears throat> so Shouldn't be a problem. E- even the umpires will hop on the charters of the players and the buses because they're, they're going to be staying at many of the hotels that the players are going to be staying at. And so they're going to be intertwined with the players. They're getting tested, all those it's things. Smart. Yeah. Now, that part of it is yeah. smart, I, I think. If you're going to keep everybody as insulated as possible, yes. well, they, as much as they can try. they're part of the team. I know umpires get a bad rap. Some deserve it, okay? Angel's a good example. By <laughs> okay. the way, do we know where Joe West is going to be?
I don't know. You know, it's the, the west best side. side. You know, the west side. You know, just go to, go to the west coast, enjoy the sunshine, play uh, play a guitar on the beach, whatever. But uh, but you have a CD collection, of course, which I, I find to well, be fascinating. Uh, you know, it's 2020 now, so I've downloaded yeah. them on iTunes, and I have yeah. them right there on my phone. Uh, but uh, yeah, no, that part of him is is really good. The behind the plate, uh, okay, whatever. But. Uh, they are part of the family. You've got to take care of them. They're going to be there. They're in close proximity with everybody yep. else. Keep the umpires as safe as you possibly can. Yep, and that's what they're going to do. So I wanted to bring up the bullpen with both of you because uh, we talked a little bit about this in the first hour of BT, and I know you guys have talked about it on the fast lane, but with the 29-man roster being out, there's no Giovanni Gallegos who he, he expects. Might be. He might be at number 30 later on today. I know he had a bullpen session yesterday. Uh, there's no Alex Reyes or Genesis Cabrera who are on that taxi squad right now. Brebby and Hicks are out long-term. So in both of your opinions, Dan, I'll start with you. How deep can this bullpen truly be? Well, it's really deep. Um, I would imagine the one... It, now, this is my guess. The one, and Brad, I want to get your thoughts. You're, you're more of an expert on this stuff than I am. But the one that I'm concerned with, just because of a lack of control, is Junior Fernandez. Now, he went into his last appearance in the, uh, it was the inter-squad game. He had walked seven of eight and then did not look sharp then in the subsequent start. That's the guy I'm concerned with. The guys I'm not concerned with, John Gant. I'm not concerned with Austin Gomber, who would be on many rotations right now, especially with a lack of depth for a lot of teams. I think Austin looked as sharp as any of the starters. Yeah, He looked great. Uh, Ryan Helsley has looked really good. May even get an opportunity to close some games. That's what I was thinking. You know, he's got, let's say he's pitched three out of four. Um, Helsley would get a very good opportunity. Kim was sensational the other day. Looked great. Um, Miller has been really good in camp. I'm not concerned about him. Daniel Ponce de Leon gave up a home run to Justin Williams the other day, but for the most part, has looked really good. Can give you multiple innings. Tyler Webb. Um, this I is the Tyler guy the that, unsung hero, really. I'm telling you what. Last year was good. He had a phenomenal finish to the season. I, I don't know if he's hiding the ball or what's going on, but people were getting weird swings against him and looking not good. To So, I mean, to his credit, he looked yep. great. Um Feel very comfortable with him and Cody Whitley. I thought he looked great in spring. And so far, like the other day, he had 14 pitches, struck out two, had 10 strikes. And so he'll make his Major League debut. Um, So I I really like the depth of the Cardinals' bullpen. And when you look at how odd this season is, and that's where the Cardinals are going to beat up on teams, and I think Kansas City is a great example the other day, they had nine walks. You know, they've got three established guys coming out of their pen. Um, so you knock out a starter, and other teams just do not have the depth that we mentioned that the Cardinals have. And if the Cardinals, let's say, have, let's say, a secondary offense, which I think it can be better, especially if Carpenter's Carpenter. We'll see how it plays out. That's where they're going to beat teams. They, they have depth in their, in their pitching. I agree. The, the guys that can go multiple innings means a lot. And even more, I mean, uh, you, you mentioned the couple that everybody has seen in Ponce and, and Gomber. I think both those guys could be in rotation somewhere. But, you know, you've seen it in the past. Gant can get stretched out. Helsley still wants to be a starter. Uh, so, I mean, he can give you multiple innings at a clip. I mean, you could do that nightly if you wanted to. You can get, get a guy, if you like the matchup, go 8-9, eight, 8-9 nine, eight, nine the next, you know, next day. Uh, so I think they're going to be in a good spot. I heard you guys when I was driving in. 
And you were talking about maybe if there was a surprise on the roster, the surprise is going to be the fact that you carried 14 pitchers as opposed to more. And it's 15 when it's going to be Giovanni Gallegos. I, I am... But I think that what it tells me is that your other guys, Giovanni Gallegos, uh, Henesis Cabrera, Alex, yes, yeah. it, it just means that they're yeah. knocking on the door. You're waiting for, and you could kind of see those holes of guys where you're like, well, surprisingly, like an Edmundo Sosa, who's a very good infielder, utility player, but you could see him being a guy that can go back and forth with that taxi squad yes. when Alex Reyes is ready to jump up. Yeah, yeah, you look at it. At least that's the way I read it. Me they're too. probably thinking, saying, you know what? Why get why get Johan Oviedo started right now, yep. even though he deserves to be a part of this and I think that that's why he wasn't there and Junior Fernandez was already on the roster he's already you know been a part of your big league club all right let's just let's let him do it I think that the uh they're going to be very careful where they put Junior what they've seen here recently because you can't put him in a tight game right now the way that he's been throwing the baseball hopefully you've got yourself a cushion yeah you buy a little time and then get those others out exactly so yeah that's the only thing when I was looking at the roster but I do believe that the bullpen is going to be a strength I think that the ninth inning can bounce around because you mentioned Kim three out of four days look we haven't even seen, seen Kim back to back yet yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know exactly what that is and I don't know how willing they are to even do that so maybe it's Kim one night and then it's Helsley the next night but to echo your point from a little bit ago Dan watching him close out the game Ooh. against the Royals yeah. and he's dotting 94 like on the corner down and he's sliding people to death <laughs> like he looked nasty and by the way I'm always a I'm a fan of fast workers he works quick. Yeah. Yes. Gets it. Throws it. Gets it. Throws it. Doesn't even get a hitter a chance to think. And then you add in the extra layer that nobody's seen him. Like right. the, the, nobody knows what Kim has, and he's just pounding you with strikes. I, I like that guy a lot. I do too. Let me ask you both this before we break, because I do. We're we're going to talk with Jason Isringhausen in our next break. Uh, do you feel like it's beneficial for the Cardinals because when you look at this bullpen? They don't really have specific guys in specific roles. Like the Nationals last year in the playoffs, you know, Sean Doolittle was their closer. They had a setup man. They had a seventh inning guy. The Cardinals have this advantage, and Mike Schilt knows how to run a bullpen very well, but they have this advantage of guys that they can throw in any roles that they need to. It's more matchup than it is situation. I'm looking, you know, if Kim is not available, I to Brad's point, They've got a bullpen by committee. So if Miller, and especially with a three-batter minimum, I'm comfortable with Miller facing right-handed batters. Um, I'm comfortable with Helsley. I'm comfortable with Gant. So to your point, Alex, I'm okay with them coming in in multiple situations. Yeah. So I I don't see a guy that's got the seventh and a guy that's got the eighth to get to the ninth. Now, maybe as the season goes on, it develops into that, but I don't see that now, especially with – 30-man roster i just don't see that. yeah i i don't I, I don't know if you feel that way brad i think it's going to be kind of and they may have that idea in their mind now of what they want to do they probably do but i don't see that right now yeah but best laid plans you always have and i uh Schilte is as prepared as everybody's so yeah. he's gone over every scenario in his head he, he's hit the lineup at, at any time and he already knows like what he would like to do in any given situation like how in a perfect world he would lay it out and, and you can do that in game one but it gets a little dicey after that so uh i i was going to ask pose a quick question to you guys who is going to lead the cardinals in saves this year i'm going kim I'd say Kim, too. I'm going to go Giovanni Gallegos. Oh, wow. 
And why do you say that? I, I think that they liked what he had so much last year. They they show, He showed already the ability that he can pitch back-to-back days. He can pitch three out of four. He's done that before. And his splits against lefties and righties, he's got big-time swing and miss. I think that he emerges into that role. I don't know if he's going to be built up enough, though. Oh, he'll be all right. You think so? Yeah, he's playing catch. <laughs> he's fine. That's <laughs> my pony. Out there. Just he's write it down, catch. all right? I got one for Gallegos. Okay. I got one for Kim. I got well, I got two for Kim. Let's All do right. this. We'll talk about dinner. Let's <laughs> let's find out what the Cardinals Hall of Famer thinks. The all-time Cardinals save leader Jason Isringhausen. He's going to join us next here on Ribs and BK. Dan McLaughlin, Brad Thompson, I'm Alex Ferrario. We are live here at the Budweiser Brew House on Cardinals Opening Day here on 101 ESPN. We're back to the Ribs and BK podcast on 101 ESPN. Opening day here at the ballpark, along with Dan McLaughlin and Brad Thompson. I'm Alex Ferrario, hanging out with you all day. The 101 ESPN crew, of course, Randy Carricker, Michelle Smallman were here this morning. Scooped with Danny Mack was here from 10 to 11, and then the fast lane is here until 6 o'clock when Dan McLaughlin and Brad Thompson will have first pitch. And we are honored now to welcome in the Cardinals Hall of Famer, the Cardinals all-time saves leader with 217 saves, he is Jason Isringhausen. Izzy, how are you doing today, sir? Thanks so much for taking some time out with us. Hi, guys. Good afternoon. How are we? Doing fantastic. I'm sure you're just as excited for opening day as we are. We finally got to this point after a uh, a little hiatus. Yes. Um, you know, it, it's a little little different than normal. You know, we don't have all the festivities and things like that. But, uh, you know, these are unprecedented times. And it's just uh, getting baseball back is getting a little bit back to normalcy and uh, people can relax a little bit and then enjoy some baseball. Yeah, take your mind off of things a little bit. I know it's hard to do right now with everything else that's going on, but hopefully baseball can serve that role. Izzy, I know that this day, you know, the one that was supposed to be a few months ago, was going to be a, a huge one for you. Uh, elected into the Cardinals Hall of Fame, you got your red jacket. Maybe you made me cry a little bit uh, during your, your speech. Maybe you cried a lot. Doesn't matter. Uh, but but it, it was fantastic. And I was waiting for this day. You're going to have to wait until next uh, next opening day. But uh, uh, are, are, you, are you still excited about the opening day? Or is it more of the, the uh, man, I, I wish we had all of those festivities? Yeah, I think as, as anybody that's been a Cardinal fan or who's ever worn that jersey, everybody knows how special opening day is. Uh, there's a a lot more to it than just baseball and, um, you know, the Clydesdales, the Red Jackets, the Hall of Famers get to come in and the Sea Red and and things like that, you know, all that's going to be missing this opening day. But the the one thing that's always the same is baseball. So we started, you know, the the mound's still 60 feet, six inches away. So baseball is going to be the same. It's just all the other hoopla that goes along with opening day just isn't going to be there this year. Hopefully next year it'll be back to normal, and uh, it will be a big day for me and my family, and the same for Scotty Rowan and Tommy Herr and, and John Tudor. It's just uh, it's just an honor to be uh, in the same sentence as those guys. I mean, I grew up watching Tudor and Herr. Those are some of my favorites, so it's going to be a fun day for sure. You know, Izzy, um, what would you tell a young Brad Thompson on his first opening day, uh, one of your bullpen mates? You know, he's getting ready to – to go out there on his first opening day and you're the veteran and a young man like Brad who, you know, he can be a little lippy at times, <laughs> uh, maybe not give the 
proper respect to a guy like yourself. That ain't true. Oh, it's very true, uh, Izzy. This is Dan, by the way. G- great to hear your voice. Um, what would you What would you do on an opening day to make sure that Brad gave the proper respect to a, someone like you on opening day? Oh, I, you know, it's, it's more than anything when, you, when these guys go through their first opening day. It's just like, you know what, just this is not like this everywhere else you go. So it's normally just soak it in, enjoy it, you know. And, uh, you know, baseball is going to be there, but these opening days are special here in St. Louis. And we don't have to worry about Brad uh, being distant stuff. Oh, come he's, on. He's the one that kept us loose, him and Randy Flores, who's now my boss. I mean, those guys kept it pretty loose. We had a good time <laughs> with them. And, uh, you know, I, I, I miss these guys a lot. That's one of the things you miss about being retired is all the camaraderie and the joking around and the rising and the rookie hazing, so to speak, and, those are the things that miss. You don't miss the, the travel, the business part of it. You miss baseball and you miss the guys. And that's part of opening day. You know, you all gathered around the cars, you all in the tunnel, and the cars or trucks pick you up. And then the next thing you know, these horses are flying by you. And uh, it's a whirlwind of emotions. Soak it in, smile, and, and enjoy it because you never know how many of these you're going to have. Izzy, you brought up a really good point, and it's something that I miss the most about the game as well, is being around you and everybody else, the camaraderie in general. I do kind of wonder if something like that would be missing in not just because it's 60 games, but because of all the protocols in general. Guys can't be around as much in the clubhouse. You are distanced in general. Uh, Do you think that we'll miss any of that aspect of it? And do you believe that maybe teams that have had less turnover might have a little bit of an advantage they're so well? Well, I do think it will be tough for some teams that, like you say, have turnover because, you know, you're watching some of these games and they have these tents down the sidelines, so to speak, behind the dugouts, and there's players scattered around in the in the bleachers. And, you know, you're going to sit in the bullpen or in the dugout and uh, just sit and talk baseball or talk whatever you want to talk about and have a good time. It's, uh, it seems like, uh, you know, there's going to be a lot more distancing and, you know, everybody's wearing a mask. You can't understand what the heck anybody's saying. It's just on and on and on, these protocols. I mean, it's all there for everyone. And I get that because we got to keep these guys safe so we can keep baseball going. But uh, I think these 60 games are going to go by in a flash for these guys. I think it's going to be uh, it's, it is going to be a sprint. And I think uh, you know one bad week can put a team out of it. And so uh, players are going to have to be uh, watching their back a little bit because I don't know how long you know they're going to be able to uh, you know work through things. I mean, if you're not doing it, if you're not if you're not performing. They're going to find somebody else to get them there. Izzy, with that being said, uh, as a player, how much does that change your perspective of the season with only 60 games? Like, how much does that change things for players? Uh, I, you know, for me, I would think, you know, because you're always thinking, oh, you know, I can have a bad month of April and still turn my season around. I still have time. And, you know, I think you got to throw those numbers out the door this year. And it's like I said, it's going to be a sprint, and you're going to have to, to go from day one and know that it's like it's a playoff push. You, you got two months. It's like August and September, and that's all you got. And you better be ready to go. And they better be ready to go as soon as they open up the gate tonight. And uh, like I said, I mean, a bad week, and you might find yourself on the bench and get Wally pipped. And, um, you know, it's just the way it is this year. Uh, talking to Cardinal Hall of Famer Jason Isringhausen. Izzy, uh, the, the – 
there was speculation of it a couple of months ago, trickled uh, in rumors again yesterday, and now it's definitive. The playoffs are going to be expanded to 16 teams, so that's over half the field now that's going to be represented in the playoffs. Uh, I'm interested from, from your perspective, from an old-school baseball perspective, do you like the idea of the expanded playoff, or, or would you rather that be a more of a, hey, uh, you, you, I don't know if you deserve to be here type thing. <laughs> well, I, it's better than – I think hockey's doing every team, correct? I mean, it's just – Yeah, they're uh, coming in. 24 of them, I think. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, it is what it is. I mean, this is we – we've never done this before. So, 16 teams I think is great. I think what that's going to affect is will be the trading deadline because every team thinks they may have a chance to get in. And if you get in, you get that extra revenue, and the owners are going to be looking at that and – I think mean, it's really going to affect the trading deadline and uh, who can get who and, and who goes where. It's going to be a weird season, but I think it's going to be exciting for a lot of teams. Uh, like talking with Mo last year, after 60 games, we were two games ahead of the Pirates, and then we finished 22 games ahead of them. So it's one of those things where everybody's going to be in it. It's for two months, and it's going to come down to health. It's going to come down to, you know, hopefully nobody gets sick, but that could be a, a factor. Uh, I think we match up well with everybody with our depth and our pitching. And um, we've got uh, players uh, in Springfield that are itching to go. You know, we got Dylan Carlson down there ready to go. So it's uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. And I think the Cardinals shape up. I think Mike Schilt, as like we've, I've heard everybody talk about, he's, he's uh, managed in those short-season teams, so he gets it. And uh, it's going to be fun to watch him work his magic with these guys. And like I said, I think we're built for the, for the two months. Yeah, Izzy, you just mentioned Mike Schilt. I was going to ask you about that. How do you think managers across the board approach 60 games? And, you know, from a pitching standpoint, how quick the hook is, uh, if a guy is struggling in a lineup, that they replace him, those kind of things. What do you think that'll be like? Well, I, I just I don't think that veteran players are going to have the leash that they've had in the past. I mean, if you've got a young stud itching and coming up behind you, you're not going to get that uh, veteran leeway, I think, that you've gotten in the past. I think that's the main thing. And, you know, the bullpen could be a carousel if somebody's struggles here and there and, and rotating around. And I think Schilt is uh, – the way Schilt goes about his business and his staff, I think they will do the right thing. I think they'll be proactive. I don't think – I really don't think they're going to uh, play favorites and things times like this. Um, so I just hope everybody gets off to a good start. Izzy, you brought up the bullpen, and going into this season, you know, no Jordan Hicks, who, who has been the closer, and he missed a majority of last season due to that Tommy John surgery. So somebody else is going to be put into that closer situation, and I'm curious from a guy who who is the all-time saves leader for the Cardinals, who's been a closer for his career, how difficult is that to change that mindset, especially for a shortened season? Well, I think more than anything, I, I, I from what I get, I think, is KK going to start this season as a closer? Perhaps I think I don't think that's a bad idea. Nobody around here has seen him, and uh, hitters may only see him once or twice for sixty games. So I think that's important. Um, never seen any person before, and probably with a, a funky delivery, not picking up a, a release point. And I know he throws a ton of strikes, uh, so I think he's one of your best bets. And then if, if guys can get going. Uh, with his slider, I think we got a pretty good one-two punch at the back of the bullpen. Uh, I know Jordan opted out uh, for health reasons. I think that was smart of him to do. Uh, but I think our bullpen will be fine. I mean, like I said, KK, nobody's ever seen before, so that's going to be a punch for him. And uh, in a short sprint, that's always good. 
Izzy, uh, I'm picturing a ninth inning tonight against the Pirates. Uh, hopefully it's not a safe situation. Hopefully that's all taken care of. But if, in fact, it is, I'm picturing the closer coming in. Maybe it is KK. I am so used to this whole place rocking when uh, a guy is coming in. You know, when they're not doing the Ford attendance quiz. But, like, when, when the closer is coming in, uh, th- th- the place is going nuts. It's it ain't gonna be like that, dude. Adrenaline <laughs> is part of it, right? Adrenaline is part of the, the the job and being able to like harness it at home and withstand it on the road. How much different do you think that is closing a game in front of nobody? Well, um, I'm sure if KK is the guy to come in, he's gonna have plenty of nerves, you know, bringing his first game in the United States. So, um, but I think after the first few games, I think everybody will be used to it. It's gonna be like pitching on the backfield down in Jupiter. Um, you know, it's not going to be real loud unless they start pumping noise into the stadium. I don't know what they're going to do. I guess they could do that. I mean, they can blare music. That might give somebody a little adrenaline. But, yeah, the, the attendance game was kind of a buzzkill. But other than that, um, <laughs> we're going we're gonna to miss the fans for sure. I mean, we got some of the best fans in baseball, and that's, that's absolutely sure. Um, but, I mean, it's, it's part of baseball this year. So these guys have got to be able to find their adrenaline from another source, I guess. Izzy, it's always great to catch up with you, but more importantly, it's great to catch up with you on opening day. Thank you so much for taking some time out this afternoon and hopping on with us, and uh, we look forward to seeing you in that red jacket soon. I appreciate it. Good luck tonight, boys, on the broadcast, and you guys have some fun today. It's still opening day, so it's always a good day. There you you go. got Appreciate it. it Izzy. There you go. Jason Isringhausen, the Cardinals Hall of Famer, with us on the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line. I brought up the uh, the thing. You know, when closers come into a ball game, it's like, whoa, you oh, feel yeah. it, right? Oh, yeah. Well, for the longest time, around here, it was like the attendance quiz time. <laughs> right. It's, the ninth, it's like, what? what? He's coming to play. Do something. Give him his Get him going. Play other you know? Sandman. Get him going a little bit. He didn't need any of that what stuff. What was he your... Was locked uh, in anyhow. Did you have an inter-Sandman? Uh, no, no, they didn't really do that. You know who had one of the... game was up or down by seven. You know Tony who had the touchdown one of the best ones? Ooh. Mike Myers. Oh, dude, 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 The Halloween music theme? That was pretty good. That was intense. He went to school at Ole Miss, right? He did. And he had a buddy of his that would stand out on the grass, and he would just stand there the entire game that he was pitching, and he'd wear the Michael Myers mask. Really? Stand there the whole game. Yeah. Love it. That's we all pretty need good. Friends like that. Yeah, we all, all need, need friends that. like that. <laughs> That's Dan McLaughlin and Brad Whacked Thompson. Whacked out people. That's right. Technically, I'll be that we're all that friends yeah, for are. each other. I'm Alex Ferrario. <laughs> we'll come back with the junk drawer next here on Ribs and BK on 101 ESPN. We're back to the Ribs and BK podcast on 101 ESPN. It's time to open up the junk drawer with Ribs and BK. Perfect time to dive into the junk drawer when we have Dan McLaughlin and Brad Thompson here. This show has been one big <laughs> junk drawer. You said that into the break. It really has it's been. Perfect. Those are the best junk drawers, though. So right. let me throw the first one at both of you guys. And I know you both have seen what happened last night before the game took place, but I'd love to get both of your thoughts on the junk drawer moment that was Dr. Fauci's first pitch. Oh, it was awful. It was awful. Whoa. <laughs> What, did you see it? Yeah, I saw it. I am happy. I, as an American citizen, am pumped Look, up I that appreciate his service to our country, but the first pitch is what he asked about. What, right. I'm getting there, Dan. 
<laughs> I love the fact that he has not had time to practice at oh. all. Okay. Because oh, okay. he has right. been busy doing his actual job. So he just rolled out there. He went and did his thing. Look, he went out there and did his thing. And uh, he went out there and was great. You know, that's a, that's a beautiful thing. There we go. So that, well, on top of that, though, I will say Fauci's pitch was bad. Yeah. But where does it compare to 50 cents? Well, that's where I was going to go, because that's what I was thinking last night. There was also the mayor of Cincinnati on a first pitch um, (laughs) that was probably about 20 years ago. That was a bad one. 50 cent, bad. Fauci, right there. Yeah. It was bad. Now, Fauci is how old? Good question. 95? I'm going to put it at... I'm going to go with the under on 95. Uh, Thank you, Brad. I'm going to put it at 65. Let's find out. No, he's older than 65. He looks like Dr. Klopek from The Burbs. You guys ever see the movie The Burbs? I'm going to (laughs) say... Shut up, Brad. I'm going to say that Fauci is 75. He is 80. 80. I was pretty close. I was close, too, with 65. 50 is in the prime of his career. The mayor of Cincinnati at that time... That's so a very good call, Brad. Like okay. Right. He'll, re- he'll redact very, that. That was a good call. It's a good call. <laughs> um, the first pitch was terrible, but he's 80, and he's been very busy. That's right. So to the point that he has been trying to stay busy and help our country, and I'm not going to make this a political statement, so don't get at me. Um, That's at I'm just taking, Mac TV. I'm at just taking – shut TV. up, Brad. <laughs> I just – about the first pitch, it was a bad first pitch. There's per- no other way to look at it. Perfect time for me to plug that these two will be on the air starting at 6 o'clock What else tonight. is in the junk drawer, okay. please? Sorry, next That's one. At Danny Mac TV. <laughs> so we were talking about cardboard cutouts Yes. About uh, in the fans. Well, Japan is doing something different, guys. Again, let's go else. What else do you have in the junk drawer? They are using dancing robots. That's hot. That's fr- That's frightening. It's not hot, Brad. <laughs> They are. The only thing that scares me a little bit about the dancing robots is the fact that uh, I think they're going to take over the world <laughs> at some point. This We've isn't the Terminator. No, well, have we seen Skynet, I, dude? iRobot? iRobot with Will Smith. With. Yes, like it's going to happen. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, they only follow these commands. No, 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 no. They learn. They learn. So all of a sudden, those things are going to be out there in the KBO, and they're going to do a dance move. You know, the one that programmed. Ricky's available. And then all of a sudden, they're whipping and nay-naying. Who else we got? BT Dan is not having any of our junk right now. The programmers are like, God, I didn't do the whipping and nay-nay. What if they just start start, dabbing behind home plate? That's frightening. Ricky. Um, Al. Look, uh, dudes Scott who, Warman. You're stuck with me today. <laughs> oh. and we're going to have a great time. Okay. There's not going to be any dancing robots out there. There's okay. not. Like, everything's going to be fine. Going through the... So, who do we like? We have who do we like to blame? Available. Who do we like to blame the weather on, guys? Who do we like to blame when it's really hot or really cold out? Usually, you blame what? Mother Nature, the weatherman, the weather people, weather people. Thank you, weather women too. Got to be. Thank you for correct. that, Dan. Okay, no well, problem. Maybe we should start changing that meteorologists. to meteorologists. Meteorologists. Nice that's that's an even better one. Let's change it to flying ants. What do you mean? So there's a story right now coming from the. Oh, okay, this is Dominican Republic. Sorry, I wanted to make sure this was the right place. Dominican Republic. Doesn't matter. Nobody fact checks here. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Just go this for it. Pizza.com, right? Yeah, there During the it. summer, <laughs> ants can take to the skies in a mass emergence on warm, humid, and windless days and change it from wind, or from wind and rain to hot and humid. So flying ants Flying ants can change it to hot weather. I'm, I'm not... No. You're not buying it? I don't no. believe it. No. Is this a, like the butterfly effect? Is that what this is? Somebody going back in time and no, changed this whole thing? No, not buying it. And there you have it. 
Yeah, I'm with you on that. Not buying it? No. Not blaming it? No. Okay, no. so we'll just stick to blaming the meteorologist then. Correct. Okay. Yes. That's, that's fine with me. Okay, I got one more junk drawer with you guys because Dan is just not having it with any of our junk. Somebody else isn't having it either. It says, I can we, uh, the Air Comfort Service text line 65780, <laughs> it says, can we have Danny Mac every day to deal with BK? I'm not BK. I'm BK. That's true. Why is it a shot at ribs, though? It's not a shot at ribs. <laughs> well, yeah, ribs handles it, BK he, very well. He deals with them. But I did, you could take it the other way and oh, say that, that he, he can't handle them. Right. So, somebody Look. did text in earlier and say, can we do the Angel Hernandez method with BK? <laughs> Whoa. That was rough. Whoa. That was rough. I'm trying to think of the other analysts I got. There's Tim McCarver. <laughs> we could probably put a computer in Florida down. Oh, anyway, sorry. Somebody did text in and ask if BT wore a tie tonight. I'm going to wear oh, a tie. Oh, yeah. We're wearing suit and tie, man. We're going to be very professional. Because they did say Tim McCarver would be dressed to the nines. Of course he, he would. would. Well, might Tim's be a, a scarf, too. Tim's a dapper man. Very He's dapper. Be 95. You think Tim would wear a scarf? Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> Hey, look, if that's the bar. Look, I gotta tell you, you gotta you gotta be dressed to the nines, partner. It's not. It's an ascot. <laughs> <laughs> we know Tim McCarver will be a part of these broadcasts with Dan's incredible impersonation. One more. I mean, you gotta have one. <laughs> one more for you guys. I'm just curious, really, what you would do in this situation. So, a Ukrainian news anchor in the middle of his live news report had his front tooth fall out. And there you have it. <laughs> what would you do? Uh, was he a former hockey player? No, he that's wasn't. like a thing. It just fell out? It just fell out. He said it was my most curious moment in 20 years as a presenter. So maybe he didn't even realize that his teeth would fall I out. I had a rough day one time where um, I went to a farm with a buddy of mine. Okay. And uh, there was a pond. Okay. <laughs> and I still have a problem with this front tooth. What happened? Well, I was fishing. Okay. And I made the fishing pole, and I bit into the line. I was making my my pole, and I bit into the line, and my chip, my tooth chipped. Oh, yeah. So now I had a chipped tooth, and then he said, hey, do you want to try shooting this gun? <laughs> it, was, it was a shotgun. Here, hold this button oh, right no, in your face. A, I'm sorry. It was a rifle. Okay. We're, shooting a, we're just shooting a target. I said, absolutely. I'll try that. He goes, now it's got a little kick to it, so don't put your face too far to the where the scope was. I said, I got this. No problem. No big deal. Well, I shot it. Had a little kick to it. Right in the eyeball? Right to the eyeball. Oh. I was doing a baseball game that night. So, this is Cardinal Baseball. Hey, everybody. And on camera. Okay, that was in my ear. Hi, everybody. I'm Dan McLaughlin <laughs> with Brad Thompson, and welcome to Cardinal Baseball. Little smile came on. Chip tooth. <laughs> Definitely could see it very prominently displayed with a black eye. So, my brother... I've been through some things in my life. My brother just texted me, and he said, hey, I'm not watching the game, but our buddy, we have a mutual friend, texted me. I just, I'm not going to ask questions. I just want to know, are you okay? And I said, what do you mean? He said, well, I, I've gotten a report from our friend that you're maybe not looking too good. Oh, and uh, I just want to make sure I'm not asking questions. I'm not here to judge. Are you okay? I texted back, I'm fine. What do you mean? He said, look, man, I'm not here to judge. Are, are you okay? And I said, what the hell do you mean am I okay? I'm fine. I'm in the middle of the game. Things are going great. Cardinals are up one nothing, calling a great game. Things are going splendidly. He goes, all right, man, I, I'm just going to tell you what's going on. He goes, you, apparently you came on the, you know, the television. You got a black eye. You got a chipped tooth. Let me explain what happened. I bit into a fishing line, chipped my tooth. I shot a, shot, or a, a rifle. 
You kick back on me, and I have a black eye. I did not put makeup on. I can't do anything about the tooth. I got back into town too late. I had to go straight to the ballpark. Now, your brother is a kind individual because if that was somebody that I know, they would have just sent me the picture of oh, me yeah. and said, what the hell happened? Yeah, just, are you okay? It was bad. I'll it admit, happens, it did not you know? look good. Look, it, it looked uh, like I got the crap beat out of me. You should have seen the other guy, though, right? That's what I, was, that's what I always say. My standard, yeah. you should see the other guy. See the other did guy. Did you make it to work? Did you do your job? Yeah. Damn right I it's did. all that Black matters, Black eye chipped too. Hey, does all it matter? All that matters. I've been on the floor sick before. I've seen it. You have it. LA, LA yeah. I slept until opening pitch. You were strong. And popped right up. Yep. No problem. Cardinal baseball. <laughs> That's right. Hey, everybody. Damn. We're at Dodger Stadium. There's, uh, who are the people that sit? There's Mary Hart. There's, what's his name? Larry King. Larry <laughs> King. There's Tom Hanks. Mary Hart. 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 Not Oh, that's what I said. <laughs> yeah, you guys said that earlier, but I knew who it was. Yeah, we knew where we were going. Uh, two yeah. professionals here, ladies and gentlemen. A couple of gentlemen. professionals. Welcome to baseball tonight. Dan McLaughlin, Brad Thompson on the call. Cardinals and Good Pirates Lord. opening day, 7-15 tonight here at Bush Stadium. We are broadcasting all afternoon and evening. We're coming back and talking about the hot, six- Brad? <laughs> Sweating. I, I couldn't tell You're going to your... sit next to this all night. All of wow. us are drenched. We're coming back and talking expanded playoffs next on 101 ESPN. We're back to the Ribs and BK Podcast on 101 ESPN. Back in here on opening day with Dan McLaughlin and Brad Thompson. I'm Alex Ferrario. We are here all afternoon. Fast lane coming up from 2 to 6 o'clock, leading you up to Cardinals baseball on Fox Sports Midwest. Dan McLaughlin, Brad Thompson will have that call. Dan, we got a text from the 314. They need the exact date of that game because they need to do some research. Which game? The uh, the black eye and chipped tooth game. <laughs> Uh, that's been at least seven years ago. Okay. Seven or eight years ago. But, yes, it, it did happen. I remember it was in the middle of the summer. It wasn't early. It was in the summer because uh, I was wearing a golf shirt and, yeah, slightly disheveled going on the air. Not my best look, definitely. I think we need to keep it generic, though, and let the fans <laughs> dig through and find it. Seven years ago, good I, luck. Probably seven or eight years ago, there but yes. Go. Hey, people are good. Our oh, listeners yeah, are good. They, they can are. find anything. I got a, a text on the Air Comfort Service text line uh, probably – a month and a half or so ago, and it said, Happy Puppy Day Anniversary. Oh, yeah, this was brutal. So, uh, and it was an anniversary, apparently, I, was, uh, I didn't know the date, of the time that I made an ill-fated quote that has followed me since, uh, where the, where do you go from here? You know, the stupid reporter question. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I had a stupid <laughs> answer, um, but, uh, but I didn't know that that was the date. And one of our texters like, the found the game. The question was, where do we go from here? I, I got to give. The answer was, I don't know. Go find a puppy to kick and, like, deadpan right into the TV camera. Were you with the Cardinals yeah. at that time? Yeah. It was a game against the Royals in Kansas City. I gave up seven runs in, like, four innings or something like that. Go just, find a puppy it to just, kick. Yeah, it just wasn't my day. Was it the cat? Uh, I don't know who it was. It was to a be bad, that's a bad. That's a bad question. But nobody's ever been able to dig up the actual video. Yeah. Like thank, somebody found. Thank it. Thank goodness, no. But somebody went back and like found that game. Yeah. Like found the date. Sent me the box score. So, anyways, what I'm saying is that our listeners at 101 ESPN they are diligent. They yeah. are fantastic, and they're kind of mean sometimes when they pull up stuff like that. So they'll find yeah. yours. Well, this being up here brings me back to one of the great moments in broadcast history. Really. <clears throat> um, I'm not sure if you were still playing 
or if you're a member of the Fox Sports Midwest team, but Jim Hayes had one of the great interviews <laughs> in the history of television that made its way, way to the Jim Rohn show. And <clears throat> found a, um, our, our goal was to do the, the broadcast up here, guys. Oh, yes. And so the idea was to show off what this was all about and the AT&T rooftop. So we're doing the game off the monitor. So I do have experience of doing a game off a monitor. I can't see really down there. So, you know, we're doing it off the monitor. So I said, okay, we're in the third inning, and uh, Jim Hayes has found a, uh, a fun family that's enjoying the AT&T rooftop, and let's kick it over to Jim. So I'm kind of paraphrasing it, and uh, all right, Dan, thanks. I'm here with, you know, Susie and Mike, and they're from Farmington or wherever they're from or Washington or Union or South St. Louis or wherever they're from. Town and country, didn't matter. And, um, and are you looking it up, Brad? Or yeah. Okay, well, yeah. I got a text that said uh, – Basic Google search did not yield results for Dan's infamous broadcast. Okay, so you got to yeah. dig deeper, fans. Okay, and so, um, and so, long long story short, but uh, these folks may have had more than just a couple of beers. Let's just let's leave it at that. And so, a couple ten twenty. Well, it, it may have been more than just beers. Yeah. Um, let's just leave it at that. And so, Brad, do you, do you remember this? Yeah, I remember it. I, I, I remember him asking a question about the facilities in general. Yeah. And uh, the, the lovely, wholesome woman answered, there's drugs in the bathroom. Basically is what she said. And my favorite part of it is Jim just kept going in there, kept going on the interview, and he said, you know what, I'm going to tempt fate one more time. And Jim Rome says, my man, says, I'm tempting fate one more time. He goes back in there. He goes back for more. And so it was the, 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 the famous quote out of it was classic, go to bat. He's like, what, what Jim says, like what Jim Hay says, like, hey, what does Cardinal baseball mean to you? And he's like, classic, go to bat. <laughs> and, right I mean, and I just, it was awesome. Classic go to bat. It was just Phenomenal! It was just great television, and it lives on in my memory forever. Jimmy the Cat, always on the prowl. Yeah. The bathrooms, the food, the view is great. You get the crowd, you know. You put the bathrooms ahead of the food, really? Well, there are drugs in the bathroom. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> All right, now, Jamie, you're... I'm cutting you off right there. Now, Jamie. <laughs> I like oh, how you she... Keep it going. Keep it going. Yeah, we, we got to hear the rest of this, Tanner. <laughs> if you still have it. Yeah. No, he might have. I love how she followed up by, I'm just kidding. (laughs) So uh, I I went back uh, in a dangerous place called Reddit, and they have this, and the comments of it are are just so good. But but here's a a comment that says, the dude's wife had the, I am trying to stay alive and look normal, but the drugs are hitting me stare (laughs) through the entire video. (laughs) Classic. Go to bat. At, go oh to my bat. God. Classic at bat. <laughs> go to so, bat. Hey, baseball, man. Baseball. Yeah. Baseball. Yeah. So tonight. Memories fam- like that tonight. Family fun. That's right. GK Family fun. Well, speaking of memories, we're possibly going to see some memories once we get into the, well, not possibly. We will. It's postseason baseball. But I want to play you a piece of audio that Jeff Passan had this morning on Get Up talking about this expanded postseason for Major League Baseball. 
Yeah. Uh, you know what? Pandora's box is open, man. Like if it's happening this year, it is going yeah. to happen going forward. And we also have to look at the long term implications of this. Major League Baseball would be, you know, a, a league that has more than half the teams making the playoffs. I think this long term paves the way for expansion where you get two more teams. You can potentially via new franchise fees reap some of the money that was lost during the coronavirus pandemic and you can get back to having half the teams make the playoffs as opposed to more than that i, I like how he used the word pandora's box but that's exactly what this is i mean you're opening this opening this up for major league baseball to run with this for the near distant future because it's just benefiting major league baseball and players more than anything well let's talk about the immediate the immediate is everybody in a 60 game season already was going to have a great shot i mean even if you're the royals or you're the pirates yeah. you go on a little run which teams any team would do that in a 162 you're going to have surprises in the in the first half of a season and go wow we didn't expect this team to do well i would say after 30 games and i'd be shocked if i'm wrong with this 26 to 27 teams are even if this was not going to have 16 teams make the playoffs, you were going to have a shot. You're going to be in it, okay? Now, every team after 30 games, basically, you're going to be fine. You're going to have tiebreakers now, which I think is going to be interesting with this. So for the immediate, I like it. I was talking about this. I Remember, Alex? Yeah. I, I, I said the biggest disappointment I had when they came to this agreement was the fact we didn't have 16 teams. Yeah. I think it's good for baseball. Now, long term, I've been saying this for the, the longest time, too. You're going to have realignment, in my opinion, regional realignment. Yeah. You go to 32 teams, that means more jobs. By the way, that also helps your minor leagues. You're creating jobs not only in the major leagues but the minor leagues, so you're, you're taking care of a couple of different problems here. And if you uh, include the expansion fee for, for the owners, those expansion fees are going to be awfully expensive. So that does take and ease some of the problems that you have with owners losing a lot of money this year. So it's a win-win on a lot of different fronts. It's complicated, but it, there's a lot of win-wins going along with this on the financial front. I totally agree. Look, it works for everybody. And for those that are listening, and I would assume that most people listening to us right now are, are baseball fans, but specifically probably St. Louis Cardinal baseball fans, that's how this game is. It's not like the NFL where it's just overarching, where if there's a game on, you're going to watch it. It's a regional game. Absolutely. So it can absolutely withstand. There are a lot of markets that, that could be served by baseball. I know that Nashville is one that's gained a lot of traction, and Tony La Russa is a the, part of a group there. What, that rivalry? Yeah. I mean, look at what's happened with the Blues already with yes. the Nashville yep. thing. So not to interrupt. No, I, no, no. But, it's, it's great. But just think if you had realignment with, um, and I'm just going to throw some teams out there right now if you're the Cardinals, but you're, you've got Kansas City, you've got both Chicago teams, you've got Minnesota, you've got Cleveland, and you've got Nashville. Mm -hmm. I mean, just off the top of your head, how well this fan base in St. Louis travels anyway, how much fun that would be in the oh, summer. Yeah. Those are places It'd to go. Blast. Those blue trips to Nashville. They're great. They, they, when they used to do the bus trips where they would drive up and they would bring season ticket holders, Bobby Plager would be on the bus. Sure. They sold out in hours. Yes. I mean, and it was like the go-to trip. That was more desirable than the Chicago trips at sure. the time. Uh, so you yeah, have that. You build up that. Well, and another one, too, BT, that we've talked about, Vegas. 
Yep. Vegas is another one that you put that into the West Coast, and you have an Arizona rivalry, you have an L.A. rivalry, you have San Francisco. I mean, you could build up a lot, especially with the Vegas-grown players that we're seeing in Major League Baseball. For sure. Portland's another team, that, or another, another area that, that Montreal. has been. Yep, yeah, Montreal, Montreal, for sure. Charlotte. I mean, look, there's plenty of options, and this is going to happen. I mean, this isn't just a, a thought that it might. You're not going to go to 16 teams, have over half of your, your, your teams yes. end up making the postseason if you don't have a great plan, but it's a greater plan that both sides can get behind, and we need more things before this upcoming CBA that both sides can yes. get behind, yeah, absolutely. so this is a step in the right direction. I agree. I love the text line. Once again, they say, if we can find Rob Manfred's middle name, we can find Dan's infamous black eye game. That's true. <laughs> that took a lot of people to get Rob Manfred's middle name. Somebody went to like gravesite.com and found his father's name. And he's junior, and we got it that way. That's but, pleasant. Yeah, That's... it was Dean, by the way, if you were wondering <laughs> what it case, was. Just in case you need Dean. to remember it. There you go. There you go, Dean. So we'll, we'll see if the listeners get it before the end of the show today at 2 o'clock, Dan's infamous game that he talked about with the black eye and the chip tooth. Dan McLaughlin, nice. we're going to find it, Dan. Brad Thompson, they might even find the, the post-game conversation that Brad Thompson had You know had what, don't dig too far. One, uh, one thing at a time. <laughs> one thing at a time. Yeah. We're going to come back and uh, hear a little from John Mazalak. He joined Randy Carricker and Michelle Smallman earlier today, talked about the Brett Cecil scenario and a couple of other pieces. So we'll get into that next here on 101 ESPN. We're back to the Ribs and BK podcast on 101 ESPN. Dan McLaughlin and Brad Thompson. I'm Alex Ferrario hanging out here at the Budweiser Brew House across the street from Bush Stadium where the Cardinals and Pirates will open up their 2020 season. Dan and Brad will be on the call on Fox Sportsman West at 7.15 tonight. First pitch with Jack Flaherty on the mound. And earlier this morning, guys, John Mozalak, president of baseball operations for the Cardinals, was on with Carriker and Smallman. And, Dan, we talked a little bit about this at the beginning of our show, and I know you talked with uh, Randy about this earlier today as well. But he had a couple things pop out that I found interesting, and I want to first start with uh, what Mo had to say about his conversation with Bill DeWitt about the release of Brett Cecil. So take a listen to, uh, to John Mozalak on that topic. <laughs> Not very comfortable. Um, <clears throat> Look, Bill. Bill understands the game. He 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 knows what what's happening. I mean, he's very aware of what's going on with our roster, and you know, I don't think that call surprised him at all. Um, you know, candidly, the fact that he knew we had better makes makes me feel makes that decision a lot easier. So the call, obviously, with Bill Dewitt Jr. Um, about releasing Brett Cecil, and that does a couple things for me. One. You hear the relationship that John has with Bill, which I think is important in an organization like this when you're talking back and forth and you're staying on top of these roster decisions. But two, it's what Mo said about, you know, Bill knew that there were better players on this roster and it was just the decision that had to be made. Price to do in business, isn't it? Yeah. Um, which is unfortunate. It did not work out for Brett. His first year really wasn't as bad as I think people think. Um, the next three were very tough. He just never could get on track. He had some personal issues. He had physical issues. To his credit, got in good shape, too. I mean, he in one of the things I, I noticed, and, and Brad, you were down here and seeing the games on TV, too, he got really thin. Um, and, and that was to his credit, too. He got in shape. He did everything possible to try to make this team, even drop down sidearm. 
I think he makes this team potentially if we don't have a three-batter minimum and a 30-man roster because he was getting left-handers out. He was stepping towards the first baseline. He was effective with a little slider that he had against lefties. Wasn't great, but it was effective enough to maybe be the Randy Choate-type pitcher um, when Randy was effective. So Randy did set a major league record, Randy Choate. Appearances? Without getting an out. Yeah. Appearances without getting an out? Again, I said effective, Randy Choate. Okay. So, you know... It's, it is the price of doing business. And at the time when they signed him, Zach Duke was a guy that they were kind of relying on and it didn't work out. He was coming off of Tommy John. And, you know, I'm not trying to make excuses, but four years ago, that was a signing that you looked at and you applauded. It just did not work yeah. out. And so it was $30 million, and it's a tough pill to swallow. There's no doubt because it just didn't work out. It was only 100 innings for $30 bucks, And you look back in retrospect and you say, ooh, that one hurts. Right. That hurts, and it does. Just didn't work out, and that's the only way you can say it. I mean, it's, it's just the price of doing business. It stinks, but that's what you have in Major League Baseball. Guaranteed contracts, you roll the dice, didn't work out. No, and I think you bring up a good point, too, is when that signing happened, I don't it. recall anybody being upset about it. You got a guy that was one of the most highly sought-after free agents as far as lefties go, sure. and you went out and ponied up to get him. Same thing when you when you had to go out and get Andrew Miller. It, it just ha- has been a bit of a crapshoot, and I'm actually really looking forward to watching Andrew Miller this year. September was a struggle for him, but then he locked in in the postseason. He's great postseason. Yeah, so, so uh, he's got a chance to be... A big guy uh, as far as the season goes. But uh, the, to your point, too, Alex, as far as DeWitt and this organization and just having a feel for it, Bill DeWitt is not just uh, the money man and the owner. Right. He is the money man and the owner, <laughs> but he, he isn't just one of those hands-off owners, tell me what's going on. Like, he loves baseball. You know what he does every day? Seriously. He wakes up every day. Now, this season doesn't because there's no minor leagues. He reads the box scores every day of the minor leagues, every single day. For his teams or for all teams? For his teams. For his teams. And then he gets the reports from our scouting staff and from the managers. Those guys write up, you know, reports every day of what's happened with their teams, and he reads those. So he he is intimately in decision-making of what's happening with his club. Now, he's going to defer to his baseball people, and when they say, hey, Bill, you know, we think we, we need to go in this direction, and this is why. Now, ultimately, he's the one that signs off on it. However, it's not just some guy that is, you know, had um, uh, made a great living in, in, in what he's done in business and owns this club, and this is what he does, and, oh, okay, just to go, go do it. No, he's, he's got his hand in this and has an idea of what is baseball. He's a baseball man, loves the game, truly loves the game as a fan. So, it, it, you know... I hope people understand that, that he's more than just the guy that owns the team. He loves this game and has an educated, well-educated idea of what's happening in the minor leagues and the major leagues. And to the soundbite, he and John, this is the other point I wanted to make, he and John Mosellock are very close. You know, John's been around a long time. John has never had a losing season, by the way, as a GM or president of baseball operations. So they're doing something right. Mm-hmm. We may not always agree with what they do, and sometimes moves don't work. This one did not work. There's no other way to put it. It just didn't work. But 
that's the risk of doing business in baseball in these days and age, this day and age with guaranteed contracts. Well, and speaking of decision-making, another one that a lot of fans looked at and kind of tilted their head was keeping Austin Dean on this roster, and a lot of people were hoping Dylan Carlson would be Austin Dean. John Mazalak talked with Randy and Michelle earlier today about Austin Dean and Lane Thomas and what they had happened to them in camps. Well, I think, you know, all offseason and then, you know, we made it very clear that we wanted to give some players an opportunity. And, and sometimes it's about like where you are in terms of, of your, in your career point. And Tyler O'Neill is someone that we traded for a few years back. Um, we felt like had to try to give him an opportunity. Lane Thomas had an excellent secondary camp here. And, you know, overall, if you're not going to be playing every day, it's hard to put someone on the roster. And, you know, the fact is, is you know, our outfielders all performed well in this camp. And so it just didn't make any sense to, to have him sit here and only get a few at-bats a week. At some point, you know, he'll probably get an opportunity. But, you know, really excited to see what these guys can do. And um, I think Tyler O'Neill and Lane Thomas, Bader, those guys deserve the shot. So that's a different cut, talking about why Austin, uh, Dylan Carlson wasn't on this roster. But you heard him say Lane Thomas has had a phenomenal camp and was great last year before he was injured. Austin Dean, very similar in the summer camp. So that's why these two are getting that shot, because you have to know what you have in your organization before you move to that next step. Yeah, for sure. And, and I do think that, and maybe this is unfair, but in 60 games, the way that I look at it, and Dan, I don't know if you agree, but I think that Austin Dean is kind of in a, a different role or, or the way that they look at him Chitter, maybe. Yeah, it's different than what O'Neill and Lane Thomas and Harrison Bader are those are the three guys right. and certainly different than what Dylan Carlson is but that doesn't mean that in 60 games dude if he gets an opportunity maybe it's a, a, a pinch hit or maybe it's a DH on a day or maybe he just you know comes in and gets a, a spot start and he tears it up in 60 games, you might be inclined to just see what that has yep. again. So he might, uh, the, the looks might be limited, but anybody that produces at this point, I think that they're going to try to give reps to. Well, if he has that day that he gets a start and goes three for four, he may start the next day. Right. That's it. And then goes two for four and then gets another start. So you ride the hot hand, That's right? right. Um, Jeremy Hazelbaker effect. Exactly. And those the Hazelbaker effect can get you seven out of ten. Yeah. And seven out of ten is... 21 wins in a normal season right. and that's why this is unique um the, the the carlson thing what i'm fascinated with is look he, he's major league ready I, I, there, I don't think anybody here debates that I, I don't think the cardinals would debate that um but this is about giving o'neill and thomas their shot the question will be how long do you give them the shot normal season i would say 30 45 games this season, I don't know. Is it 10 games? Is it 15 games? I, I, I just don't know. And if you're in, and injuries could be a part of that. You know, if a guy gets injured, he comes up. If you're in the stretch run and you need a push and he's tearing it up down in Springfield, does he come up? Where do you stand on that, Brad? I, I, I'm, I'm just fascinated with what they think and what they're going to do this year. With yeah, them. no, I do think as far as Dylan Carlson goes, I think it'll be sooner rather than later when, when he's a part of the roster just in general. But uh, I, I really do believe that you're going to get, and I'm just throwing out an arbitrary number, but two weeks. Like, you're going to get two weeks of, all right, here's your reps, here's your opportunities. Now, if you look overloaded in those, if you have, and I don't expect anybody to, but if you have uh, Tyler O'Neill, who in, in 10 days, like, oh, okay, we're going to have 
to change directions. But I, I would have given you six weeks before. So I'm giving you just a, a small portion of this. And Shilty is really good at, first of all, just he's a smart baseball man. You yep. know Shilty very well. But I also think that he's, he's so good at communicating and yep. letting players know where they're at on a day-in, day-out basis that you could really worry about, like, ruining a relationship with a guy for, for not giving him, quote-unquote, like, his time right. or, or giving him enough leash. But I think that he's going to give as much as he possibly can without sacrificing what he believes to be any headway for the season. So that's going to be his hardest job, in my opinion. It's not going to be the pitching staff and how he utilizes the bullpen. It's going to be what he does with that outfield mix, what he does with Fowler, what he does with Carpenter. If Carpenter, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, if these guys aren't performing to where you expect them to or where you need them to, how quickly do you move along? I don't know if does this resonate in, in baseball like it does in hockey and it just came into my mind because I remember when Doug Armstrong talked about Robert Thomas that first year and they brought him up here and they kept him up here and they said, look, he's here. We want him to stay here. Is that the same with baseball prospects where, look, sure. when you bring him up, we want to bring him up so he stays here rather than bring him up and then make him go back and Carlson, forth. for sure. Yeah, for, for sure. Now, this year is different than any other year because there's no minor leagues. There, there's none of that talk of, oh, well, if he's in AAA, he's getting every day at-bats, like real at-bats. Exactly. Summer yeah. camp's going to be different. So I, I think that once you hit that threshold, and it, it is about O'Neill, it is about uh, getting Lane Thomas reps. It is about Bader, but it is also about another year of service time. So when you hit that threshold of however many eight days, maybe you do see him, and, and yeah. he's a part of the mix, and he's another guy that ends up getting plugged in, just like we were talking about with Austin Dean. If Dylan Carlson gets a, a, a spot start on a day and he gets two knocks, go get him. Yep. You know, like, like you're going to be a part of this. And he's in there every day. Yes. For, uh, like, well, yep. I think he's going to be given the opportunity to. In a normal year, if this were 2020 and we actually started when we wanted to, I don't think that we would see Dylan Carlson until they knew and they were ready to play him every single day sure. out in the outfield. I do think that changes a little bit right now. I think that you want to have your best hands on deck at some point. Yeah. Stan McLaughlin, Brad Thompson, I'm Alex Ferrario. We're going to come back. A lot of the experts are saying the NL Central is going to be the tightest central or the tightest division in all of Major League Baseball. I want to get Dan and Brad's perspective on that next as we wind things down here on 101 ESPN. We're back to the Ribs and BK podcast on 101 ESPN. With Brad Thompson and Dan McLaughlin, I'm Alex Ferrario as we are winding things down here today on Ribs and BK, but we still have plenty more coverage on 101 ESPN leading you up to opening night first pitch. Fast lane here from 2 to 6 o'clock as we are at the Budweiser Brewhouse, a phenomenal place for fans, which believe they have these open during the season for fans to be up here and i think uh, talking with mike la martina who's in charge of it a hundred tickets left i think for the rest of the season up here hey they're doing it, they're hot, doing it right. hot ticket item it's socially distanced yeah. you have your own table uh they, there's no standing room or anything like mm -hmm. that and uh, dude i mean it's if you're looking to watch a little cardinal yeah. baseball this unless you own one of the uh, apartments uh, <laughs> over here this is this the is way the to do it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No, it's cool. I'm because, excited that we're going to be up here throughout the baseball yeah, season. Because you're looking directly at home plate. And, yeah, you guys are here every Friday, correct? The yeah. fast lane throughout yep. the season. So it's just a great spot. But, of course, the season starts tonight. Uh, Cardinals against the Pirates. Jack Flaherty on the mound. And, guys, I wanted to talk a little NL Central with you because if you look around Major League Baseball, whether it's ESPN, MLB Network, they're all saying that the NL Central is probably going to be the tightest division in all of Major League Baseball. 
And when you look at the rosters of what the Cardinals' competitions are with the Cincinnati Reds and their bullpen, their rotation, and their offense, the same with the Brewers, the same with the Cubs, I'd like to get both of your thoughts just on, on, on how this NL Central is really going to stack up this season. Dan, do you want me to go full homer first, or do you want to <laughs> no, go, go homer. full I'll homer first? Well, I, I, uh, I am big on Cincinnati. So I'm not going to go homer, but I like the Cardinals too. I like Cincinnati and St. Louis. I'm not sure if if Cincinnati can keep their rotation intact. I love their lineup. I love their lineup at that ballpark. And now with the DH, you can hide Moustakis a little bit. You can maybe hide Castellanos a little bit. Um, there, I, I, I think there's guys in their bullpen that are good too, the back end of their bullpen. I think Cincinnati is really good, and they were built for a DH, too. Um, so I do like them. I, I find the Cubs to be fascinating, and it'll be fascinating to see what they do at the trade deadline. We don't know about the economics of the sport, and after next year, they got a ton of free agents and a ton of big names. Are, are they dealing? Um, are they open for business kind of thing? You know, what are they going to do with that? I love the Cardinals, and I love the Cardinals early because of their depth that we talked about early so those are the three teams i like i know some really like milwaukee and to me milwaukee rests on a couple of guys yelich and hater um if hater is hater then they're really good once they get into the eighth inning and if yelich is the mvp candidate then they're really good but i do like the cardinals and i like cincinnati i just don't know how the brewers are going to get the ball to hater that, yeah. that's the, that's but you know game. what i have been saying the same damn thing for the Every last year. few years right. and craig council Finds and the brewers figure and even without yelich or they they lose yelich and then they just do nothing but win games like right. so uh, i i think they're very well managed i think that they are talented but they lost 13 players like they lost 13 players off their roster from last year so i'm not buying the turnover there look my top two teams are your top two teams uh, i i think that the details for the Cardinals are, are what's going to matter the most. All the little stuff that's not sexy is the stuff that's going to matter the most for the Cardinals. The, the stuff that they did last year, going from two years ago, the worst defense in all of baseball to the best defense in all of baseball. Not sexy, right, when you're watching the game, but it sure does make a difference at the end of it. The base running, the, those little things, because it's going to be that one screw-up. We were talking about before about how tight everything's going to be just in general in 60 games. Well, it's going to be the one time that you don't hit your cutoff, man. Or it's going to be the one time that you get a bad read on a first to third and, and you are out over there when you could have been in scoring position anyhow. Like, these things are going to mean the world. I agree with the pitching staff. The Cubs, man, I just don't know, Alex, what the Cubs are. Pitching. Yep. Is, is they, I don't like That's their pitching. They're not deep at all. Like, they, no. they, they don't have – the bullpen's not very They're good. They're two the prolific rotation. pitchers are Hendricks and Kimbrell, and you don't even know what Kimbrell really is. Hendricks is their opening day starter. He's really good against the Cardinals, against everybody else. I mean, he's, he's good. Don't get me wrong, but it's not elite. Yeah. And, and who knows when Quintana is going to come back. Uh, Alec Mills is, is in the rotation right now. But seriously, like they're one setback in the rotation away from who is actually yeah, even right. going to be starting those games. I don't know. I, I do like your point, though, of, of the what the trade deadline looks like for Man, them. Because isn't that all we heard this offseason yes. was turnover, turnover, turnover. That's what's going to happen with the Cubs. There's a lot of pieces going to be moving around. Maybe it's Bryant, maybe it's Contreras, but pieces are going to be moving. And the only real piece that ended up moving, Alex, is... The the manager yeah like that's yeah. the only thing that happened so the central is going to be interesting where are you at this? That's, this that's the part that intrigues me with the cubs is the is the ross factor like what is he doing with this roster can he you know 
Can he add that extra flavor that he did with the Cubs when he was the player that last year that they won the World Series? It's hard to go against the Reds and the Cardinals as the one and two, and Cardinals being one, Reds being two. But I'm I'm really curious about the Reds pitching staff because we've 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 heard how good their pitching staff like truly it. is. A lot. But, tre- but can Trevor Bauer be Trevor Bauer when he was with Cleveland or Cincinnati? Because when he was with Cincinnati last year, he struggled mightily. And Kess- free agent to be, though. Yeah. It's amazing when guys are free agents to be. And I think that him, and I, I know it didn't work very well. He had an ERA north of six last year with them. Right. But I do believe him getting together with Derek Johnson, yep. who is super innovative, like all of the things fall in line with him right. and Bauer, I do think that'll end up helping. Their offense, though, is the one that, that frightens me. And I think it should frighten really everyone in the NL Central when you think of Suarez, when you think of Joey Votto, but then when you think of the additions that they did with the Castellanos, with some of their other hitters, Mustakas, and then they, um, uh, the young guy who went off last year, Aquinos, is that his name? Aquino, yeah. He they sent him out, right? Too. Say again. I don't think he's a part of it early on. I think Not they ended up on. sending so him out. He was initial roster. Yeah, but, but he'll, he'll be up at right. some point. But they signed an outfielder from overseas. They like Shogo him. Shogo Akiyama. Yep. Right. Yeah, and he was supposedly going to be another bat. So their bats are the part that, that I think are going to be the, the fear factor for other teams in the NL Central. And I guess we're talking in NL Central, and I should get both of your opinions before we uh, cross things over. Is there another division that you feel likes tighter in Major League Baseball? I think the uh, NL East yeah. has got a chance to be really tight. That's the one I and, like. and I know like it's one injury or COVID list away from being different because if Juan Soto misses significant yeah. time, which don't necessarily expect, but who knows, it could change things. But, yeah, with, with them, with the Braves, I expect the Phillies under Joe Girardi to to be a hell of a lot better than they were last year. I think that that team underperformed. Do the Mets intrigue both of you? They did until you have Syndergaard out and Stroman out with a torn calf or, yeah. or they they say it's not that bad, but it, what's not that bad? Is it a week? Is it two weeks? That's a lot of the season uh, when it comes to him. I think they're intriguing, but they were a lot more intriguing with Stroman for me. And DeGrom nursing a sore back. Now he is going to make his start. He's yeah. going to be the opening day starter, but those are always touch and go. Ask Kershaw. Yeah. yeah. Got scratched last night. Yep. But then they had a guy that come in throw a hundred. Are you serious with him? Uh, we ridiculous. got we got a chance to see him last year in L. A. We, we watched Ginger Guard. Yep. Cardinals. Yeah, so we we got to watch him. But a uh, hundred with sink. Yeah. You know what? That's nice to be able to go to yeah. if you got that in your back <laughs> yeah. pocket. It's unbelievable. It's nice if you have it, right? Jeez. <laughs> um, we we should mention the uh, the Blue Jays. It, it did get yes. reported they are going to play all their home games now in Buffalo. Mm-hmm. So Buffalo will be the home of the Blue Jays. Uh, for the season, so they will have a home ballpark. Well, I I, uh, I found myself, like, they're my AL team right now, the Nomadic Blue Jays. I feel bad for them. Like, yeah. seriously, at that point now, there there are some issues with Buffalo, apparently. It's lighting. basically Yeah, the, the lighting is one. I know it sounds stupid for people. It's baseball. Just go play. Well, these guys, uh, I mean, they're the best of the best. They've been playing with the best facilities. They, they see ball the ball a certain way. I mean, that's going to be a big talking point well, when anybody goes on the road and plays there, and it could end up being an advantage for them. And think about it. And and the, the the times we're in, social distancing in the clubhouse, yep. a little tight. Yeah, I mean that's that's seriously an issue that they have talked about. They they the, the clubhouse is not socially distanced mm-hmm. properly. Is it? Can they do it? That that right. was one of the things that they talked about. Could they properly social distance in that ballpark? Now I don't know what they've done. I don't know. Can they get it ready? 
Um, but I guess it's up to standard to, to yep. do it. So it's coming gonna, in. Yeah, they're coming in hot. That's Let's been an, go. That's been an intriguing storyline, watching from no Toronto, then to Pittsburgh, then no Pittsburgh, now right. to Buffalo, and then with everything with Buffalo. So I, I'm, I'm just fascinated. Yeah. I'm excited that it's here. Uh, I'm getting more excited by the moment. I really am being down here at the ballpark. I'm watching Bill Finley and his crew kind of get the field all dressed yep. up, and, and we're here. we yeah. got baseball. It's I. As I've said many times, you guys have probably heard me if you actually listen to my show, which Alex does, Brad doesn't. Um, but I care about you, Dan. Thank you. I, you know, it was it into a difficult time in my morning. <laughs> I know, kids. kids and, yeah. Until they told me it was officially canceled, I did try to stay upbeat. You know, and yeah, there were doubts. I mean, how could you not have doubts when you saw right. what was going on with the labor stuff and you know, hearing what players were saying, owners were saying, and, and now here we are, and hours away having an opening day. It's uh, it's exciting. It really yeah. is. And, and I'm just happy, more than anything, I'm happy for the people that are listening to us, the fans. Mm-hmm. I mean, my God. I mean, people need a diversion yeah. in what's going on in our country, and for a few hours tonight, you will get that diversion. It's not ideal, but it is baseball. Yeah, the sun's out. It's beautiful here in downtown St. Louis, and we are inching closer to first pitch for opening night. We will cross it over with the fast lane Good to next. be with you guys. I, I'm, I'm yeah, taking Dan, off, you so gotta go cross get it over, for this and one. I'll see you tonight in the booth. See you in a few hours. Great job, Alex. Great, Dan. Thank you so much. BT and I will cross it over with the fast lane next here on 101 ESPN. We're back to the Ribs and BK podcast on 101 ESPN. We are ramping things up for the fast lane, which is coming your way from 2 until 6 o'clock as we lead you up to first pitch tonight. Cardinals and Pirates with Jack Flaherty on the mound. And Chris Ranji steps in with his fast lane partner, Brad Thompson, to cross things over with us. So we're just crossing over with the show you're just, we're, we're you're, doing. Yeah. i got to be honest, I've never done a crossover quite like this one of <laughs> well, being a part of the earlier <laughs> show and then crossing over to the show that I'm going to be on for at least the next hour. But you know what? Well, I think it works. It, yeah, this is fine. It's I creativity. It Dan and Randy did Scoops with Danny Mac from 10 to 11, and then Dan did the crossover with me for the show that he was a part of. See, so. all right. It's it's an opening day free-for-all. Yeah. It's like I a human opening. centipede, if you will. No, yeah. it is. A, and we Brad, all. Brad? I think it that's, is not. No, because no? it's, it's one to no? the other to the other to the other. Yeah, it's like it's like. A, no. It's like a circle there. No, it is it's, definitely it's, not. It's head to back all the way a through. human centipede, and for anybody listening, don't Google it. It's a good time to tell Google you. It. I've never Actually, seen you know that what? movie. Oh, I, watch it. It's phenomenal. I don't even know what it's about. It just seemed like something you, that worked for that. I bet you it is. Well, the, the, first, the first one's good. The second one just gets really weird. There's more than one. Oh, there's like four of them, dude. How do you okay, know wait, that? You I've joking? watched the first one. <laughs> Wait, you did? No, I've seen the first one. So my buddy, are you, are you joking? You no, really I'm not joking. The, the so my buddy and I have these these get-togethers every once in a while where we just watch like terrible movies and laugh at them. Like we've all seen the Room, right? With uh, uh, what's his name, Weasel or whatever. No, long black-haired dude. Absolutely no. not. Totally forgetting his name. The text line will help me with this. Basically, it's a terrible movie, but it was hilarious. So we did this with Human Centipede before we knew what it was, <laughs> and it was quite humorous. The second one though gets really weird. You got some uh, interesting friends. I do have interesting friends. Yeah, I'm looking up this movie, The Room. I don't. What's his I, What's his name? Johnny, Johnny Wissow. Johnny Wissow. Yeah, it's a really strange movie. Yeah, if you I, got two hours of your life that you really don't want back, no, take man. a take a watch. There's so much on on Netflix and Hulu. And what are you watching? Zac Efron on Netflix, Ranj? What is he doing on Netflix? Yeah, what is he doing? Is he oh, another? He's got, a, uh, he's got some like, like a, travel thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I did see it. Oh, yeah, because uh, I remember I the think dad was, bod. Yes, that was mm-hmm. it. Last week, people yeah. were giving him a hard time for having a dad bod, and he looks better than all of us. <laughs> like it, and it was. It Whoa. was. Are you kidding me? You're going to give this that guy is, a hard time for a dad bod? That is an insult. That's what we all wish we were. Yeah, I'll take that one. Give me That's a, fine. Give me a. Point. Um, 
Do you think that uh, Netflix, the overall run on that, uh, not that it's going away anytime soon, but do you think that people are going to like ease off of it now? We like we got real stuff. We got like real sports. Oh, sports yeah, fans I, have been digging in. I, I've been digging into Netflix. I damn near watched the entire uh, The Office. Um, you've um, never um, seen this before? No, I never seen it. It's awesome. What you, so you love Big it? Big fan. Now. Yeah, I'm on Great. the last season. Smart. I don't know if I'll ever finish it now. Though, yeah, probably baseball not. season's here. Uh, but uh, I, I, I'm I'm got backing off. Office guy. I'm backing off. It's good. I would still buy stock in Netflix. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, it's fine. Absolutely. Although it's probably but high right now. So chances are, is. I don't know if you want to buy Maybe high. Maybe it comes down a little bit now with all the options you're talking about. It being opening day, uh, people can't go to games. Okay. So you're going to have to resort to watching. Anything will be better than that, that, that Queeby that came out that was like supposed to like skyrocket with the pandemic. And I then guess it did not. Nobody signs up What's for Queeby? it. What's Queeby? So it's like another online television station that has like special shows, but nobody signed up for it. I mean, it. how many do we need? Yeah, you really don't need that much. I, mean, we get, I feel like we've got enough. Look, I'll keep bouncing around at the cheapest one, though. It's a lot easier <laughs> a now. Idea, true. It's so much easier now <laughs> that everything is streaming yeah. and you don't need to, like... I remember uh, when when I had to return all of my boxes to it doesn't matter what company it was because I <laughs> yep. was tired of my $260 bill. <laughs> that was a pain in the butt, but now it's like, oh, oh Hulu, you're cheaper? Well, I'm oh, going to play you against YouTube I'll TV. Yeah, we'll go back and forth and a little so bit. If I'm not mistaken, there are no conflicts in this area as, lo- as far as uh, broadcasting Cardinals games, right? Like yeah, got there some, are. Uh, are there, is it are Dish now? or is it uh, DirecTV? DirecTV. DirecTV okay, doesn't yeah. carry Fox Sports Midwest. Ah, damn. See. Yeah, because the people were so upset because it happened. They did that right when the Blues we're in the Stanley Cup playoffs, yeah. and then like people stopped watching. And Charter See? had the issue for a little bit, yep. but they ended up fixing that one. Like what was going on with the Dodgers for, what, two, three years? Right. They were having their issues. I know the Cubs were having uh, theirs. I, I was telling you, the, the day that I signed up for YouTube TV, yes. the following day I get an email that <laughs> said, due to whatever, we are no longer going to be able to have Fox Sports and Midwest. I'm like, what? Also, <laughs> I just turned my stuff in. Also, it's 15 bucks more expensive now. Yeah, Sweet, it is. Just so all the know. television stuff oh, I good. saw with the Tyson and Roy Jones Jr. fight, that they're it's going to be on pay-per-view. I don't even know how to get pay-per-view things anymore. I haven't done pay-per-view in like 10 years. I think the last pay-per-view I, I thing I did was the, uh, was the Mayweather McGregor. McGregor. That, that was the was last it. thing I did. Yeah. I watched that here. I was here at Ballpark Village watching the McGregor. thought you meant fight. like Earth. Oh, yes. Well, my congratulations. Hey, uh, welcome. Well, before we, before we wrap up, guys, and, and send things over to the fast lane, I did want to say that uh, we have the Cardinals lineup officially out. Oh, what? The first lineup of the season? So, so would you guys like it, or do we want to tease this to no, start the fast no. lane? No, uh, we're going to we start the fast lane okay. with yeah, it. That's All right. have that is lineup. ours now. So yeah. stick around. In four minutes, you're going to get the Cardinals lineup for the fast lane. And don't look it up first. It do, yeah, don't look it up. You put your phone down. And there's a surprise. Ooh. Oh, God. Four minutes, guys. Oh, God, I can't wait to see it. Chris Ranji, Brad Thompson, Anthony Stalter, Brad Barnes. The fast lane comes your way next here on 101 ESPN. You have been listening to the Ribs and BK Podcast on 101 ESPN.